This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. All right, hello, and welcome to Aetherite Radio, Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I'm Fusion X. Joining me today, we've got a full house. We've got Zen. We've got Aldino, and we've got Rook. Hello. Hi. Hello. What up? <laughs> All right, so today uh, we have... Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, Tales from the Shadows story. <laughs> <laughs> Everything good over there, Zen? I, uh, I was like, my camera's really high. I'll adjust my chair. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Zen goes down like the mini like Tower of Terror, I just... <laughs> yep. Sudden plummet. That's what happened. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the Tales from the Shadows uh, short stories. Uh, that they've been releasing uh, throughout the last four weeks. Uh, but first, uh, so Final Fantasy 16 was announced. Oh my That's goodness. A thing. Yeah, you know, just like small news that no one really cares about. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been weird because it's, it's been one of those things. People have said, oh, it was supposed to be shown off during like the first PlayStation 5 uh, showcase that they did. And it got pulled last minute. That's been what I've been hearing. Um, they're like, it's going to be at this one unless it gets pulled last minute again. Mm-hmm. And we finally we finally got to see it. Um, and so not only is Final Fantasy 16 a thing that is on the way, uh, but our boy Yoshida is the producer on it. Yeah. So, uh, so only hyped. producer, not director. Yes. Not, only producer. not two pairs yeah. of views this time, just one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so he's producing. Um, Hiroshi Takai is directing, who has also been um involved in in many games uh 14 included um what did you guys think of it just like initial oh boy i have so many thoughts i mean i'll be honest (laughs) i've been hoping and i'm sure we'll talk about this more in the future but like i've been hoping that we would get another fantasy final fantasy like one that really leans more into the fantasy realm because like 15 had fun stuff even though it's not my favorite and i got spoiled and didn't finish it because i did not care for the (laughs) ending um mm. I the modern setting was something in it that like I thought was fun on one hand but I also personally don't love that much. I was like I don't mm. want to be at a gas station. I want to be in a fantasy yeah. city. <laughs> like please. So I've been really really hoping that we would get the next one that would be like fantasy twist and I love it. And it is and like that kind of medieval feeling, the like fantasy feeling, all of that I adored. I thought it was super cool. Um, the characters seem really interesting. I think the setting is really cool, and there's a lot of theories going around right now that it may or may not be 14 oh, adjacent. So many theories. Which oh, I am insane. really interested in because I mean I can see it. Like there's definitely yeah. things there that I think could be. I think my only complaint, because everything else looked amazing, the graphics, the story, all the stuff was really good. The music, holy cow. My only complaint was that mm. we didn't really get to see a very cool female character. And mm. I'm like, just give me like one cool lady. In the well, so we 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 got Ishgardian Yotsuyu. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was like a little brief thing, and yeah, it doesn't it seem like they're one of the main characters. She seems so. like a stereotype. I, as I don't well. know. I, I, yeah. it, well, yes, but it it feels like she could very well be one of the more <laughs> main characters. Um, we just didn't get much of a sense of her, I guess, mm-hmm. except yeah, for the yeah, step yeah. on the energy, which was there. Yeah, she had a lot of step on <laughs> yes, the energy. It was. I Walking mean, around with that freaking pipe. Yeah. Yeah. She had yeah. this like 
no, we're not, we're not going to help you too. Like the dialogue around it was them asking for help, or at least it was cut to sound like they were asking her for, for help. And she's like, nah, nah, you're, <laughs> you're on your own. Bye. Nah, I'm good. See ya. <laughs> that, that whole, that whole little di like bit of dialogue. All I mm -hmm. could think about was uh game of Thrones. Yep. When they're, the they're the sitting there. It, yeah. Yeah. In the North. And they're like, uh, so, Hey, you all said you were going to help. Nah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Pass for uh, now. There are so many yeah. words that I want to know what they mean. Like, you know, they said the Shiva dominant. You know, we're here to kill the Shiva so, dominant and only the dominant. Right. And so so I, I think my my thought is that's probably the, the impression I get, right? Because we see it a little bit later in the in the trailer with Joshua and Phoenix, is that uh they're they're going the Yasail route for mm -hmm. icons which are, you know, primals, espers, whatever you want to call them. They're icons in this one. They're, they're, I think that's only the second time they've reused that. Or the I, first I, time they've reused it technically, because it was first used in yeah. 14. I don't remember it uh, being a uh, word. What's her face? Tara. Tara, yeah. Does she say icon? I think she does for like... Oh, you're talking about the word. I, I just thought the I was word. thinking of, of people that become... No, oh, yeah. the, the, the word, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're definitely know. going like the, the Yasail route. We're like, hey, I'm going to turn into the thing. Uh, which is, I mean, it's there's a, there's so many similarities with, with that, 14. That body just shrouded in fire bothered me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> it's it's interesting when you see the kind of like transparent fire guy. My first thought was like like is this game directed by hideo kojima like it, it reminded me <laughs> of like the the old like metal gear solid yeah. stuff right yeah um, yeah yeah. but i i i yeah so i think the dominant is probably the person who can channel the mm -hmm. the icon um and then we see we see joshua turn into phoenix and then the one guy is like how are there two pri like fire icons yeah. that's weird and if it shows up he's like hey this is my turf and it looks like yeah. he maybe kills joshua yeah. And then maybe there's Definitely a time lapse someone. and maybe the main character has Phoenix type devil may cry power. I who it's knows? Man. Interesting. You know, being I a heard, summoner. Yeah. I kind of yeah. went frame by frame every time there was a, you know, primal or <laughs> maybe. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's exactly like devil may cry in that, like the primals seem to be or icons. Sorry, I'm going to use their their words. It's not 14. Um, they seem to be able to be channeled by people who are related to the dominant or something like because the main character or whoever that was the younger one was doing phoenix but the older one had like titan punches and like you know phoenix wings and i think i saw like a leviathan or at least a water something and i'm like give me all of that i want all of that yeah well you know the other the other kind of mention we had too uh was the mention of mother crystals and how yes. uh it sounds like there's some kind of blight plaguing the world and they're trying to secure mother crystals mm -hmm. uh in order to survive that so like i mean that could be who knows right i mean my my first thought is like oh there's a blight and they need mother crystals to survive i'm like so that's like crystal chronicles it's like if our town doesn't have the crystal we're gonna yeah. be in trouble it did feel like um, that. It also it made me wonder mm -hmm. about like if we're if we're fishing for fourteen connections, right? I was right. like, oh, are these like the the crystal like Heidelin's crystals that you know can be found or acquired in the power wielded or mm -hmm. oh, again we don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, Ifrit looks a lot like fourteen. Yeah, Ifrit. yeah. That's yeah, so I mean, like the, in so many Final Fantasies though, right? Like yeah, there's the a idea crystal of like, in a place. We must yeah. go there. <laughs> And it's and it's 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 a fire crystal. It's a water crystal. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe those are tied to the icon. I, you know, there's a million. Yeah. 
million possibilities. Uh, I think it looks cool. The thing I think that really stood out to me um, was, and I think it's one of those like, I, I'm on the fence with it, right? A lot of the characters that we saw in the trailer um, are very, I don't want to say boring. They a little boring. But they look, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very, yeah, like they're just like, they're very like, like plain clothed kind of like there's not a lot of like crazy costuming it's just like you know they're like kind of everyday it's people subdued it, maybe yeah but I don't it, also, mind it, so much. it also really reminds me of the when they re-released final fantasy 3 mm-hmm. the the styling of everything like if if you had shown me the first like 30 seconds of that trailer and we're like hey it's like a you know something about like a three spinoff or something i'd be like yeah it totally i would buy that it looks just like it um but I think, I mean, between that, the Mother Crystals icons, they're really pulling from every aspect of the series for this. Um, and then also because, you know, Yoshida is going to Yoshida. He's like, yeah, so those Mother Crystals, they ain't going to be, uh, you know, dictating our, our you yeah. know, stuff going forward or whatever. So I'm like, OK, like, what's this? Like, OK. So it's yeah, I think it looks I think it's it looks really interesting. Um, I think one of the, the battle guys from Devil May Cry is actually mm-hmm. working on this title. Yep. Um, Devil May Cry and yes. Dragon's Dogma, which so crazy. Oh, I love it is. Dogma. It's insane. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I wasn't really sure where we would go with, with the next game. I loved the the modern setting like that modern fantasy. I thought that was really cool. But I also like that they're kind of going back a little bit right doing like that kind of medieval ish uh and this is like this is violent too like this isn't yeah. like oh it's a fantasy we're gonna go around and it's gonna be fun it's Did like i mentioned hey, the body swath and fire yeah. <laughs> it's like hey i'm gonna stab this dude right in front of you and you're gonna get covered in blood and hey titan just killed a dude look at him explode like mm-hmm. it's crazy i think it's this is our so first crazy. m-rated final fantasy and i am all about that you think I'm, so i think, you think so you th- you think they would go for an M rating? I I don't see how you you Did don't you get see M. The child in blood. <laughs> like, yeah, I like mean, that. I mean, maybe they're skirting, but like that that seems yeah. like M to me. Like like I've seen. I wonder things what kind of discussion less. they have right internally about that. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's got to be. Final yeah. Fantasy has always been a series that's very dark, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, and it's deceptively dark, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the style of the world is so charming and cute that you don't really realize the darkness until you start describing things. I mean, we've just been doing, I've just been playing through the Final Fantasy VII remake way after everybody else because I've been going at my own pace, doing my own thing. And I have been reminded, because I hadn't played it since I was a kid, of just like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this mm-hmm. is a brutal one. Like, some of the stuff that happens and some of the things and like the deaths like it was you like it, pancake people oh yeah. my gosh yes it was terrible mm-hmm. um and it's interesting because i think we've seen a shift with things like game of thrones which we know like at least in 14 we've had a lot of you know uh sort of references to game mm-hmm. of thrones even cheekily kind of show up and i mean heaven heaven's word like the team was like hey game of thrones let's make that <laughs> Yes, like A Song of Ice and Fire and other fantasy that I think is really big in media right now could easily be an influence on this, but so could just the evolving graphics. I mean, the fact now that we have such a realistic uh, ability to kind of, you know, create such realistic graphics could also have made them kind of want to go like, hey, well, why don't we take advantage of that and make this a world that is, like you were saying, a little more subdued that feels a little bit more like it is like medieval fantasy, maybe really intense, but then like 
also have those Final Fantasy elements in it, which I think will be neat to see, even though I do miss the like flamboyant, ridiculous designs because mm-hmm. they're so iconic. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's possible we still might get a character or two, right? That's a little a little off the wall. And I think yeah. that wouldn't surprise me to have at least like one comic relief character, right? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say, though. Like, I, I feel like uh, a lot of the new age, here's a thousand belts and 15 zippers and like, ash shorts that are bright yellow and a weird hat with like a wing off of it and you know all of that Mm. stuff comes uh with a certain kind of final fantasy and this one seems to be venturing away from that which i'm excited for it's more it's not that i I hate the crazy designs i'm just like i'm ready i'm ready for the story that that comes along with a more serious setting i what do do you you do yeah you hate the you hate the crazy designs i said i I like them oh okay but I said that the bad man can't hurt us anymore with the zippers and the power of friendship. We finally can have a mature Final the Fantasy. Power of friendship. Yeah, I, I love I'm so the power of friendship, Aldi. You know, can we I have can't. a power of friendship bathed in blood, though? Like, it's just we, like, our friendship lived, but we are effed like, up, guys. JRPGs, our friendship was forged in fire and the blood of people. Yeah. <laughs> I just hate when JRPGs go back to those tropes, you know, like, yeah, I want, I want something of... new, right? The power yeah, of love, that. the power of friendship. It's, it's hard, right? Because it's, it's, it's like the, the unsolvable problem, right? You want mm-hmm. something new, but you want it to be the same as, as X, Y, Z. Like, it's, there's no, there's no happy medium. What do you all think of the, uh, the combat? Because it's not turn-based. It's, it's kind of Ooh, an evolution of what there. we've seen <laughs> with, oh, with 15 and 7 Remake. My Mm -hmm. face is because I think they're still perfecting that because here's the thing. And this is, I think this is the biggest question for me coming out of the trailer. I did not necessarily get the sense that this was a group, like you Mm -hmm. have your adventuring party kind of game. It felt more like Devil May Cry where you've got like the person and you're doing all this ridiculous stuff like with your character. Um, and I think for me, I've always loved the ensemble casts of 14, or not 14, mm. but Final Fantasy as a franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, I love ensemble sure. casts. I mean, it's partly why I think, you know, 10 and so many of their games are so iconic because you have this cast of characters that everybody can kind of find something to be invested in and to really love. But this one feels so far very much more Lone Wolf, which I think on one hand would work really great with the new style of combat that they've been introducing. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of 15s. I like seven, the 7 Remakes combat more. I really like that the characters have different things that they do and that you can kind of play style differently with each of them. But the big issue for me coming off of that is that like if this does end up being an ensemble game, I really hope they still do something where you can delineate roles for the different characters because it's mm-hmm. kind of tough in the 7 Remake. Like if I have a ranged healer like Aerith that I've bulked up to do ranged casting, but then I switched to her and I put her like white mage ley lines down and I try to cast on her for any period of time. Every single enemy in the vicinity comes over to me because the aggro jumps to the player character. And even if you have some of those aggro materia or things to like balance it out, it's still not a really good surefire way to like control the roles on the field. And that's something that I think turn-based combat did great because you could have characters who really excelled in something plan out exactly how it was going to happen and then use that against an enemy for various tactics and and to like you know combat various things so if they keep the more action-oriented combat which i'm sure that they will and and we do have an ensemble cast i hope that they still find ways for you to be able to like spec characters and play them differently and have aggro be a little bit more wrangled 
um, because I liked the seven combat, but I, I do think there's still a little bit more they can do to polish it. Didn't yeah, seven I mean, have the option to have like the action or the turn based? But the turn I didn't play. Options, I haven't played uh, seven. They, oh. It was it was it was kind of an odd like no? middle ground where um, stuff could kind of slow down. You, um, you can I, I you never can change it. You can play it completely it personally. Uh, you so can, there is... but what I heard from everybody is that like it's not really it's not really a full fledged combat. Like no. if you do more of the oh, turn based, okay. it's almost like you're doing like this is gonna sound so snotty, but I really don't mean it that way. It's like you're doing more of like a story playthrough or like a an easy casual I mean, run. You have like, to do it on the lowest difficulty. You cannot do turn based on any difficulty oh. other than lowest. Huh. So like that's yeah, it's the easy mode. Yeah, that's that's sad. Yeah, I just hope I but, hope they go more of a Mass Effect uh or uh dragon age like real-time combat you can say you can stop it tell your companion to execute this mm -hmm. action then go back you know but so yeah, it really it, it uh, really depends anything. on if we have mm -hmm. party members i think that's gonna dictate a lot yeah. of what what can be done yeah i didn't read anything about it but uh a couple of friends told me that they're gearing it up to be co-op so that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that's, that's I have not heard that that's either. That's what I what I heard. Mm. I don't know where that information came from, but would that be pretty cool? That would be cool. I mean, I would honestly be down. Okay, here's the thing: as long as you could still play it by yourself, like I, I think that'd yeah. be cool. But mm -hmm. I mean, even Fusion and I were trying out Crystal Chronicles together, and I was like, man, I really would love to have a true Final Fantasy game that's co-op. But the new release was it had its issues. Yeah, and. <laughs> Um, and so I would really love to have the capability to do that. And especially if that meant that we had some leeway, like in Crystal Chronicles, to make the protagonist what we want, you know, like to change mm. the gender and, you know, do something like that. Because we haven't really seen a lot of that in Final Fantasy games. And I think it would be really neat if you could then like put together a party and go and have that your own guy, story. That guy looks very warrior of light-esque oh. very uh blank very default if you will mm -hmm. yeah I, I i loved all those kind of comparisons like oh this kind of looks like this and this kind of sounds like that and I'm like well it is made by the same division as yeah 14. Yeah. um but yeah i mean i you know with with 15 i mean it, it didn't wasn't at launch but we did end up getting the ability to play as the other characters in 15. yeah um which they all kind of had a little something different, right? Uh, but of course, when Noctis could just fly around and hit whatever, like it's yeah, <laughs> not a big deal. Um, yeah, and then seven kind of you know evolved on that a little bit, and so I'm sure sixteen will probably do the same, um, or they'll just full on like DMC it. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I think a lot of that will depend on if we have um, any other kind of party members, and it, and if we don't. I, I agree that it's nice to have those characters, but it's also possible too that we could have those characters show up in other ways, just not with us the whole time, right? But it is something different, and I don't want to. I don't want to like hate on them for that yet, right? We haven't played it yet, so if they want to try something different, by all means, try something different. This is this is you know the guy that essentially saved Final Fantasy as, as a yeah. franchise, right? What? So I I have faith that that sixteen will be, at least be a fun a fun game. What do you think about them just stealing Game of Thrones' launch completely and doing viewpoint characters? Like, the first part was the younger guy. Right you know, like, and they go through this story and eventually they get together. I would love something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting because we're not quite sure what's happening yet. Yeah. You know, because is it a different guy? Yeah, is right. it somebody else? The thing else? that drives me nuts about reading books like that 
is you always mm -hmm. have a favorite. Yep. So <laughs> oh, yeah. you eventually mm -hmm. get to the chapter of that character you don't give a crap about and you're like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yes, next chapter. But sometimes, yeah, I, sometimes though, those characters really surprise you. Like, yeah. And that's what I do love. And one of the reasons that I love the actual books, A Song of Ice and Fire, because like Cersei, for example, despicable woman, but some of her chapters were some of my absolute favorites in the book or like Littlefinger or like, it's so interesting to get these insights into people in a way that you don't necessarily get to when you're just like looking at their character or maybe you miss their mm -hmm. side quests or maybe, you know, not that I ever would because I complete every side quest, okay. but like, <laughs> no, it's one of those things where I think it does kind of force you to play those roles and get to know those characters and can sometimes build a bigger tapestry overall. So like, I would be super down for that. I think it would be neat. Um, I I do get the sense that it's the same guy. Like, yeah, and that's yeah. how I felt by the end of the trailer. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not totally sure yet how it all comes together because we really didn't get much more of a sense of just like, yeah, all the players that I think could be a role mm -hmm. in this beyond sort of him mm -hmm. and the kid and a few other yeah. little glimpses. What do the tattoos yeah. mean? You know? I mean, there's yeah. there's there's two there's That's two you ways keep that your your Akon smashed into your face. <laughs> there you go. Still yeah, there. I mean the the two ways I kind of read it is it's okay. Junctioned. This guy's protecting Joshua. Joshua is somehow the phoenix. Ifrit kills him, and then there's a time skip, and he's gonna go after like the Ifrit dominant or something, mm -hmm. right? Or that was the Ifrit dominant because he says, I'm going to kill you. And then it flashes to that other one. So I, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm I've super, that, super excited. The fact that we're uh, already like speculating and so many people oh, yeah. are speculating excitedly oh, is yeah. like very in, good news for this. I yeah. think. Do you know what? The one thing I don't want to see a car of any kind. <laughs> 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 the most technology I'd be willing to accept in this particular game would be like a gun. I don't even want to see an airship. No airships, please. <laughs> Whoa. Our okay. I mean, airship, I like airships airship are, I mean, I do too. Airships are pretty like hmm. common for Final Fantasy. So they're hmm. mostly acceptable, but I'm just like, stay away. I just want you to see people riding on chocobos. The, as soon I, as I saw that scene with the chocobos, I was like, oh, I care mm -hmm. about this now. <laughs> that was a solid scene. You don't want to see the rocket airship. You want the propeller airship. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would be. I would love to see like steampunk diet steampunk. Yes, I'll do that. Da give me, yeah, maybe maybe not full steampunk though. I'd be I'd be down for that too. I think that'd be cool. I love the aesthetic of it, but little little light steampunk in my medieval Balloon. setting, and I think mm -hmm. <laughs> it, <Yeah>. it physically <laughs> goes ploop 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 goes around. It's fine. It's I am exactly so excited exactly. about the style of the world. Yes. Um, and I I did okay. Now this, I mean, we we don't we don't have to get into this too much, but I did see a compelling argument that this could be one of the calamities and that it mm. could be the calamity of fire which i was like ooh, right. we're like there all these has been medieval churches kind of did like yeah. a thing against each other and i was like i can see something like that there's been a lot of talk i mean and again right because of the similarities because it's the same you know business division working on this um yeah, I, there's a lot of people theorizing if this could maybe be like one of the shards um mm -hmm. We actually we actually ran a poll on Twitter because there's a lot of people talking about it. Uh, 52.8% of people said yes, they thought that it could take place on a shard of 14. 52% of people are optimists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I can't imagine they would do that. I just well, I can't. I don't know, though, because. Here's the thing. We don't really have precedent for it. So, I mean, like, yes, I, I think it could totally be its own separate thing, 110%. But 
the fact that Yoshida is working on it, like one, he said for a long time that he's wanted to do a single player game. And I mean, obviously he's an incredible, incredible, yeah. just everything. So like, absolutely, it makes sense to put him on something like this because I think he's going to do a great job. But like some of the terminology, some of the things that we got in it, some of the similarities, some of the, you know, all of those things paired with the fact that Yoshida is producing it, like does kind of make me go, well, you know what? Shadowbringers and Final Fantasy XIV, they have been, it's a game that's been praised, an MMO that's been praised in a way for its narrative that is kind of unparalleled in like the MMO genre. And people have said it really is something that is on par with a single player game. So to me, it's not actually that bad of like a business decision to be like, we will make a game that is like set in this because the story is so good. And it will then encourage more people to go play 14 and like vice versa. Well, And and I think the way they're doing that is not so much the setting, but it's the imagery and the language. Sure. Right. I think that, you know, the use of icon, the similarity in in character design for at least the the main character um when you say uh there's no precedent you mean for a game to be attached to an mmo or just uh one game to be attached to another i meant like in the final fantasy franchise we haven't seen like with 11 for example a new numbered final fantasy single player come out that was based on 11's Mm -hmm. world as far as i know right like so it's not like there have there have been connections so like like for example, did you did you, you be, have you beaten Seven Remake? No, I'm Rook? three quarters of the way through right now. Okay, uh, with without giving too much away, there is a picture in the game, uh, talking about a certain corporation that has a certain character from Ten Two on it. Yes, well, Ten. Uh, so that's yeah. that's exactly the thing I was going to say. Ten, but ten that, that's why I was asking if she meant game to game or game yeah. to MMO because game yeah. to MMO yeah. or is, yeah. or. Same universe to other number, like it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there are you know, there's a lot of I would say references, yeah, but we don't necessarily, other than like 10, 10, 2 direct sequel or Mm -hmm. like direct sequels or DLC, we don't really have like a precedent, especially as just specifically the MMOs, right? Of the Mm -hmm. MMO then being released as like a single player game down the road or like the world's being tied in in Mm -hmm. a way, you know. Um, as in not just like a little homage, but like mm-hmm. straight up canonically, these are the same, you yeah. know, like, so it wouldn't be something that I think like we would it's necessarily they can't tell us yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we maybe the, yeah. the closest we've gotten to that would have been uh, Final Fantasy Grandmasters uh, on the mobile, <laughs> right? Which was like an 11 spinoff thing and it was up for like two years never localized and then they killed it i mean i guess um, you could say 12 and tactics are like same universe yeah. um well t- 12 but... tactics tactics advanced uh vagrant story which oddly yeah. enough has some strong yes maybes with with this trailer uh with with joshua be it's it's not a terribly common name in final fantasy here joshua uh, even more strange that both Joshua's are children and sons of archdukes. Yeah. Uh, also, please don't take us back to Ivelisse. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Please. I would love to go back. I'm no, 12. No. It was interesting that we were talking about earlier, like the idea of this possibly being yet another break to a new type of mechanical system in this game, right? Because 12 was that, and people mm-hmm. hated it. Like, the fact that that was, you know, one of the first big sort of 
changes away from the very like formulaic what we had come to know of Final Fantasy right. combats into then uh, 12, which had the whole Gambit system and this like much more almost like programming where you're like literally coming up with all of these, you know, if and statements and all these different things to sort of navigate it. Um, I, I think that innovating in the Final Fantasy franchise is something that has always been present and hasn't always been well received, but over time, a lot of times shines as being really incredible. And whether you loved or hated the 12 combat, um, it was really, really fascinating. And it did, it did kind of make that game iconic in a lot of ways. And I loved it. And I loved the setting. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I will, <laughs> take, that's, every that's spell, I will take every tactics. I will take every, you know, like the universe is neat. Uh, but at the same time, I think what makes the franchise so interesting is that kind of like Doctor Who, if you didn't care for one, you might find that there's something you super love in another because each one mm. is kind of like its own fresh start with some nostalgia yeah. that you still love. Mm. And uh, to, to even build on that, uh, we we see it a lot in 14. They try a new mechanic or a new, uh, I don't know, anything. Uh, diadem, it's terrible, whatever. They move on. They take an aspect of that that did work. They put it in the next thing. We have Eureka. They find out what's good from that. Theoretically, that's going in Boja. They do that. A lot in 14. We see it very compartmentalized there, but they do that from each game to each game. And uh, I wanted to come back to the possibility of co-op in 16. They put it in 15, and I heard it was kind of eh. But having tried it in 15, perhaps they took that and are able oh, to the, much better put it into 16. The world of the online one for okay yeah. mm -hmm. like you we had mentioned that earlier and i'm like there was no co-op in 15 yeah. it was a completely standalone Separate mode yeah thing and it was just oof. yeah um, but having having done that experiment and and yeah we know yoshi p's on it we see what he does in 14 it could it could be a much better experience in 16 if that's where they i mean with it. there's yeah i mean if that's something they played around with there's absolutely a chance that yoshida could look at that and say yeah maybe we can do something like that but but better um I mean, I hope better yeah. because this yeah, is definitely. the thing. I love it. I has, love. It has to be better. I mean, if if Yoshida is is on it, he's he knows like what's fun and what people are gonna like. Yeah. Um, which is why I even if I'm kind of like okay, like maybe like the characters, the, the design looks a little bland compared to like 27 belts or something. <laughs> uh, like the fact that he's working on it, I think, um, is is first a great business decision. Um, but second, I think it's going to be a oh. really great thing to be able to throw that into marketing because that's going to make people have faith in the project. Yeah. How do you guys feel about funding from 14 going to 15 or 16? I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, MMO funding goes to the whole company. So, yeah, I mean, yes, obviously. But like, oh, you mean like the revenue? Yeah. yeah. From 14 going to 16. Yeah, not 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 funds from 14 being taken away to be thrown at this other game but <laughs> yeah there are, that's they, probably I, I was, though. again I, I was told this i didn't read it but uh i heard that they're specifically taking mog station funds and throwing them at 16 and i was like wow what a really super good time to do that since they just implemented that really great like oompa pa german outfit <laughs> i mean honestly i don't i don't have any like that's fine. It's the money's going to Square Enix. The money's not going directly to Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Like they need to make I, money. The money gets like spent the on other projects. Like get paid more. 
<laughs> that wouldn't happen. Well, I mean, there's, there's it was going that, to them, but, though. You know, there's also that that idea too of like, oh, well, if they're getting all this money, they could add an extra dungeon every patch and all this stuff. Yeah, but the team is still the same size, and they can only hire so many. And it's you know, so like, if 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 I buy a Fantasia and that goes to like sixteen to back, I don't care. Like that. Well, I mean, the same goes in reverse, though, sure. right? Like, if sixteen it brings in a bunch of money, it, like all of the money for the company goes mm-hmm. to the company. So it's like. 14 is probably funded by a million other things that Square Enix gets revenue from, right? So for me, it's kind of, it's it's less about like each individual thing and more about, I mean, yes, the total value of the company and what they bring to their products. But I do at the same time kind of understand that, and we talked a little bit about MogStation in recent episodes, right? But like the idea that on top of a sub, then also purchasing things in something like a MogStation or paying for stuff like additional retainers and things like that part of you as like an online player you think well this money goes to them because it is supporting this specific ongoing game and you know if i have to pay extra in addition to my subscription and things like that then okay because you know they need money to keep the servers going right so i get why people would be put off by it like straight up i I totally Mm -hmm. understand um, but I think that like overall, I mean, like we said, the money is the company's money. So like, you know, any support, yeah, bro, bro. Them, but yeah. I mean, right. we just, we keep an eye out and, you know, if things start going out of control on the MOG station, we give feedback. Like that's all you yeah. can ever really do. Yoshi right. P. Yoshi P. No, no. <laughs> um, so there were, there were comments. Uh, let's, let's read these real quick. Um, from both, uh, Yoshida-san and Takai-san. Yes. Uh, Yoshida says, uh, Final Fantasy 16, uh, it's so weird because it's like XIV, but now it's like XVI. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, is that, which one is that? Brain? <laughs> gonna trip work? you up? Right? Uh, Final Doesn't Fantasy roll off producer. the tongue as well. XVI. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 producer, that's right, just producer. Naoki Yoshida here. How did you enjoy the trailer? Uh, the exclusive footage comprised of both battles and cutscenes running in real time represents but a fraction of what our team has accomplished as the start of development on this all new Final Fantasy game. Uh, in that span, the team size has grown from a handful of core members to a full-fledged unit that continues to polish and build upon what they've created so far, all to provide players an experience unmatched in terms of story and gameplay. Uh, for our next big information reveal, um, scheduled for 2021, so it's going to be a little bit yet, so no TGS. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say in the meantime, I expect everyone to have fun speculating. Oh, don't worry. Yep. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. That's we what will, I was about to say earlier. We will speculate. <laughs> uh, we have a lot in store. Not only for Final Fantasy 16, but for Final Fantasy 14 as well. I uh, need to say, well, I'll be working hard on both. So, yeah, it's a Yoshi you know, it's, it's, take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I see this, and I wonder if they, if they ever found, if they're gonna announce like a director for 14 soon, because they've been kind of tossing that idea around that, like, hey, maybe we could have somebody else kind of help you help out, out Yoshida. Um, or we can just give them, you know, producer on another game on top of producer and director for 14. Um, I think the community would be legitimately super sad if they took anything yeah. away from him. Even if he's still there, like in the fully the same mm. capacity. If somebody else is suddenly given one of his his titles and be like, but no, that's that's our yeah. dad. I mean, right? he's become so iconic to the rebirth of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that is huge because on one hand i mean holy cow i mean he really did like a phoenix from the ashes mm-hmm. uh, if we want to tie it here into 16 uh he really did i mean breathe new life into this game in a way that you know very realistically was incredibly punishing i mean that was just like 
all of them working their butts off to a degree that is really unbelievable to make this this reboot happen with 2.0 and then to make the game the success that it is now. But I mean, we are in a position right now where I think the team that is around him, because he is so savvy about all of this, is so good. It's a well-oiled machine. I mean, like, holy cow, even just like Ishikawa stepping up as this lead writer here. I mean, like, we don't have to worry about the, the trickle-down effect, I think, being like, now everything falls apart because Yoshida-san is working on something else. Like, he he is he is the backbone of this game, but he has an amazing team around him. And I'm sure yeah. it has felt really limiting to be so iconic when also mm. you want to, like, continue doing new things, yes. right? Like, you want to bring a new legacy. You want to keep expanding what you can do. So I think we just have to all just, like, see what happens. I'm really excited because of it, but, I mean... I think that it would be tough for the community to accept, like, oh, they can never replace him completely mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I would die inside. And I think so many other people would, too. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. even just giving him a little bit more breathing room, <laughs> probably for like an expansion. bad for like yeah. an expansion yeah. or like. Let the HCP oh, yeah. leave the nest and take it's, a nap. It's also, I think, worth noting, too, um, at the beginning of this trailer, we do have a logo for Creative Business Unit 3. Yeah. Uh, and there is a phoenix on there. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, mm. wow. See, to me, that is a huge flex. Like, that, mm -hmm. that, that to me makes it seem like they're, they're pushing Yoshida as the new Sakaguchi, you know? Because we lost mm. Sakaguchi. And let's just say the games after that were not as good. Let's just say that. Just, that, just be <laughs> fair to them. They're not as good. I would love it. I would absolutely love it if, if Yoshi P became the new Sakaguchi and he is bouncing around these games, but he, you know, retains kind of some sort of ownership, at least like executive producer on 14. That would be, that would be fine, I think. As long as he well, doesn't... Well, you know, I, I think, you know, I mean, keep in mind too, I mean, he's the head of this, this what are yeah. we calling it now, the, the business unit three. It mm -hmm. used to be uh, something else, I feel like. Creative Business division. Division, yeah, they they renamed them and restructured them uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, like he, he's always whatever. I mean, whatever Squares put out. I mean, he's an he's an executive at the company. He's he's, you know, he's the... going to be attached. He's he's on the Final Fantasy yeah uh, council board or committee or council yeah. whatever they called it. Um, they throw so, yeah, on their he's... cultist hoods and sit yeah. around a round table with some magic rings yeah. in the middle. He already had Video final games. say, like or at yeah. least one whatever. However many people are there on the on the council, he's a fraction of the final say on everything Final Fantasy already. So like, I don't know how much more work he even could get, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, let's let's move on to to the comment from uh, Hiroshi Takai. Uh, for mm. those not familiar, uh, he's been with the company since FF five. Yeah. Wow. Um, he directed the last remnant. Yes. He worked on eleven. He worked on fourteen. Um, he's been on some of like the fan fest dev panels for fourteen. That is so mm -hmm. long. Um, that is a long time. Yep. Yeah. Goodness. Um. So, uh, the comment from Takaisan says, "When Final Fantasy One was released, I was just another player, a young student with big dreams. By the time Five was in the works, I earned myself a seat at the developers' table, albeit at the very end. Uh, from there, I moved on to I moved online, leaving my mark on both Final Fantasy Eleven and Fifteen, and now Sixteen. Uh, from the establishment of an all new development environment." To learning the ins and outs of the PS5, the team and I have taken on countless challenges during our journey to bring you the 16th chapter in the storied Final Fantasy franchise. Uh, and though we're pouring our hearts and souls into the project each and every day, it may still take some time before we can get it into your hands. However, I promise it'll be worth the wait. Um, I just, I, I can't imagine, like, the fact, I mean, it, I think it's going to be 
evident too. I mean, they've worked together already for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, I think it's such a great pairing. And, and I mean, for so long, even before, like right, right when like 2.0 launched, everybody was, was talking about like, man, what if like they gave an offline main series entry to like the people that are working on the online games? This is it. Yep. This, this is that game. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm super pumped. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Me too. I think it's, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think no matter what, it's going to be something unique and something exciting and whether or not it ends up being your favorite. I mean, like we were saying, there's always something to try in the series, but, um, I think this could be a really big thing to see how those stories mm-hmm. translate to the single player final fantasies and the people that have had such a huge hand in them can leave their own mark on the franchise in another way. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just wanted to add that it's it's not just us, like, you know, 14 players and, you know, North America or, or any of that. Like, a lot of comments on, like, Japanese bulletin boards after this was announced was like, oh, good, it's Yoshida. He's the sage of Final Fantasy. It can't go wrong. Like, literally. <laughs> like, it's not just us, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone is like, oh, my goodness, it's Yoshi P. Like, it's going to be great. It, I, I, I can't wait. One one thought to do that I wanted to, to bring up. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that the voice uh, in the trailer is actually the Japanese uh, actor for Graha. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so, so I I, I want to make this observation, right? And I you know, feel free to tell in your thoughts too. Right now, uh, voice work is usually done pretty early for a game, mm-hmm. but also uh, pandemic, quarantines, etc. Uh, they had access to these voice actors right for the patch. Maybe they said, hey, could you also read a few lines for this? Do you think that these are the finalized voices or do you think that they're still working on that? Well, I mean, sorry, please go ahead. Oh, I was was just going to say, I don't think it's final because look at 7 Remake. Like, those were not final. Those are not the same voices that we got in the end. Like, there was, like, almost a very public change for, like, Barrett, I remember. Um, so like, I think that they just got anyone. Yeah. I I mean, even the Shadowbringers 14 trailer, right? We had the gremlin voice and we never, that character doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, again, I don't think that it is ridiculous to say, Hey, there are some things that maybe could be a basis for possibly having something that is tied into the 14 verse. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think that it's foolish to see those because there are so many of them that, yeah. hey, look, if they really are doing something there, I mean, that is very clearly the sign, you know? But otherwise, I do agree in that, like, there's so many voice actors that are reused for so many different things and they have a vast repertoire. And I mean, having the setup and stuff to do that recording right now, even that's a whole other thing, you know, having accessibility with it. And because we're so far off from the game, right? They're going to give us more yeah. information in 2021. But at least myself and other people that I've been talking to, nobody's really expecting this game to hit until 2022 or beyond, right? Like, we, right. we don't know when it's actually going to be released. So it's so early at this point that I don't think we can say, yes, for sure, this is a thing and we all need to be aware of it. And it's definitely proof or it's, you know, it, we just we don't know on that. It's just probably a dramatic voice actor with somebody that does good work, you know? <laughs> Which is both good and bad. Like, you know. More opportunities for more people. I'm sure there are lots of people who are like, Graha, heck yeah, I'm in. I don't care. Graha's there. I'm, <laughs> I'm there too. Yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah. for, for me, it's a, either way, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I like them. 
but I'm sure anybody else might do just as good a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do see in the chat Terrell saying, are we still expecting the next 14 expansion in 2020? Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, so. I, just I, the way that later, yeah, right? We're yeah. only like the, the, three, three to five months behind. At at this point, we we could. I think they might time it with just the anniversary date. Sure. Um, but potentially, or a little before that's that. Um, I, that's two or three months yeah, after. So that might be a little totally late. possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the way that I look at um, development for for fourteen now is that everything just shifted back two months. So, um, what would have been a fan fest in november which was canceled is probably going to be some kind of online broadcast late december early january and that's our first now uh, that you bring that up view of the expansion coming up because we are approaching october and i only recently did this if you have not canceled your october hotel room in california san diego cancel it remember to cancel it you have what like was 70... it october yeah wasn't it October, November. November. Anyway, November. We are approaching October is what I'm saying. And it's, you know, it was right in there, October, November. So yeah, you're, you're, you're writing. I'm, that month is going to go away really fast. Cancel your hotel room like right now or approximately in an hour and a half to two hours when we're done talking. <laughs> yeah, that too. November 6th and 7th was originally. So it was, yeah, it was like the right day. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. I canceled mine a while back, but then when you were saying the other day, like, Oh, I have to cancel. I went, Oh my gosh, did I cancel mine? Oh, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 wait. And it is Double unfortunate um, for anybody who got hotel rooms or things like that, that didn't have, you know, some kind of return of your money. Um, I think it always is good. If you can find some place that doesn't make you pay a massive deposit or things like that for future stuff, definitely keep an eye on sort of securing those locations because, Oh boy, it made it a lot easier when we had to mm -hmm. cancel. I didn't feel nearly as bad. Yeah. It's so easy to cancel now too. They they didn't used to have it where you could just go online, click two buttons and your room is canceled. You still have to call in. You can go online, click two buttons and cancel your hotel room. Do it. Don't forget. Yep. Save that very expensive. Yeah. Mm. There's there's not going to be a lot of people there in San Diego in early November. You so. probably won't be there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't I mean, pay for I know it. I won't. I know I won't be there, so. <laughs> um all right. Any any final thoughts on uh, on sixteen before we move on after? Please look like forward 40 to forty minutes of discussion. Please look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to be I, that I, kind I, of summoner. Yeah, I know, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It'd be so well, good. Well, now you can in Final Fantasy sixteen, yep. the hit new game from Square Enix. Featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Uh, Not really, but. No. So, so we know, we know, we know. Next year, uh, when do you think next year we'll hear more? You think it'll it'll be as far as back as like E three? Yeah, I do actually. I do yeah. because I think Probably. we're gonna get most of our news about the new X Pack in fourteen at the start of of the year, and so I don't mm -hmm. think we're gonna hear anything about sixteen until after that. I mean, maybe, maybe we we do with some of the initial PlayStation 5 like hype stuff that they're doing, you know, after release, uh but I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear anything much more about it until a little bit later. Could you gosh, could you imagine an E3 sure. where I mean and and who knows what E3 will look like next year, right? Yeah. But the idea of like here's Final Fantasy 14, here's Final Fantasy 16, both are produced by the same guy mm. and that's you know we're booth. gonna get a crossover fast like, oh yeah oh yeah all right crossover what are we what are we looking at for the crossover that's i think we'll get the face tattoo 
I think fourteen I mean, will get the the face tattoo. Yeah, I could see maybe face maybe tattoo. sixteen gets the uh, the Hildebrand cameo. Uh, pipe emo. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> pipe emo. Pipe emo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're overdue for it. Maybe we'll get the stubble finally because he's he <laughs> maybe, does have stubble maybe, too. Maybe or, sixteen. Maybe sixteen gets uh the car from fifteen as featured in Final Fantasy fourteen. No, why would you say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they do something. We don't know anything yet about the combat or anything, right? Yeah. But, like, maybe if you can somehow summon or use abilities from the different icons or... 14 like Eggies? Yeah, mm. maybe they put, like, a 14... That's the crossover. We finally oh. get those other Eggies. Jesus. <laughs> in exactly. 16. Yeah, maybe not in 14, in 16. We get one of the hairstyles or, like, mm. one of the armor sets from 16 and 14, I could see. Or... The grumpy chocobo. Yeah. <laughs> the grumpy the chocobo. totally not Emmett Selk inspired uh, white chocobo. <laughs> I could see that. But yeah, I, I saw people comparing the chocobo face to the oh, what what is he? The, the shoe bill. bill. The shoe, shoe bill. bill. Shoe yeah. Bill. yeah. I mean, it's it's they're not wrong. Like it mm-hmm. totally. Could you imagine Emmett Selk? He's like, all right. So at this moment in time, he's like, he's like Doctor Manhattan. I'm simultaneously a shoe bill in the Crystarium and this dude's <laughs> angry chocobo. <Yeah. laughs> he can do I, that. It could be. He's that kind of guy. Yep. <laughs> all right. I think it's time to move on. So that was the news, guys. We actually have 14 things to talk about too. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting us to go uh, as long as we did on that. I want that's to okay. Whole episode 16. Do it. The yeah, moment you so were like, I, and 16 news came out. I was like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I I would love to do another one of those like bullshit, make it fit into the lore kind of episodes. Just talking about 16 with with uh, Ethis and Moose. Uh, Moose's laptop died, though, uh, and we still need to do a lore cast before we do that. So. Who knows when that's gonna happen? Twenty twenty one, unfortunately. Right? Please look forward to it. <laughs> oh god, I hope it's before twenty twenty one. Um. All right. So, uh, next we're gonna talk about uh, now that they're all released, the Tales from the Shadows short stories. Um. So the first one we have here, uh, was is it's one of those. I mean, they're all interesting little lore bits, right? Um. So this one is small sure. mercy. This, this one talks about uh backlog back in the back in the Verber days. Um with uh the princess uh paldia you're thinking paldia that name sounds familiar yeah, yeah so uh oh what is it oh poorest paldia i think is the, the actual name it's mm-hmm. it's a hunt mob in ill meg she's uh, a big transform monster yeah chimera so, so basically and we're just we're not gonna read these we're, mm-hmm. we're just kind of go through them and summarize and synopsize or whatever the the, the right word is for that but uh basically uh her sister was the one that got picked to to secede the dad the king right and she's like oh well, well all sister. right you know well, how they sister. do that yeah right Royal that, thing that's how it works right mm-hmm. and uh you know that's talking about all right well we need to marry you off and all this stuff and she's like no i don't want to do that and so becklug's like all right i've been studying the soul like that's that's like his thing anytime he comes in anywhere he's like hello i study the soul that's I don't ever want to hear someone say that as a start of a conversation or as a response <laughs> to a problem I have. Hey, yeah, you know, I just I'm not I'm not happy, you know, in it's, my relationship. It's, it's well, I've been it's studying weird, the soul. Think, thinking about this vow, <laughs> there was actually a uh, 
I think it was a Tales from the Crypt episode with a doctor that's like, I think I found where the soul is. And it's like somewhere on the spinal cord. And it's like this little glowing ball. And it's like, why do I remember that? Right? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) I mean, the matter of interesting ways. The matter of the soul and or a lot of this actually, I think, ties broadly across a ton of different things that we've seen in 14. I mean, like, obviously, we have the scientist uh, himself in the Alamigo dungeon, the one who's been doing all the stuff, who's who's talking about the soul rebels and uh, how he has been studying (laughs) the soul, which then has Mm -hmm. led to the development of the artificial echo. Um, We also even in the, oh, which one is it? The one where you get the sweet glamour that was from... Uh, it's oh, you go underwater, and it's where all of the um. Oh, the because I know the one you're talking about. I can't think of the all, name now. All of the ex royalty under, underneath underneath Alamigo. It's underneath uh, Alamigo. Scala, 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 Drown, Drown City. Right. So, like, yeah. we find out that there, and interesting that there are some parallels with that, right? Like in the Drown City of Scala, um, all of the like ex royalty and or nobility of Alamigo, when their past ruler went sort of insane. Um, actually sort of imprisoned them all down there and then transformed them and like shifted mm-hmm. them. So we even see the same kind of monster that Paldia has been. And as you kill those mobs, they actually revert back to their human forms, which is pretty yeah, terrible. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Well, you probably would have been dead anyway, right? Mm. Like we were saying earlier, Final Fantasy is dark, guys. <laughs> it's one of Seriously. those ones where you get to the end and you're like, bum, 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 bum. Here's my sad face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the level down music from a level down sad music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so basically, what happens is, uh, Beckluck helps Paldia like kind of unlock her magic potential, and so her dad's like, okay, instead of marrying you off now, you're gonna be like a a, in the on the court as like a mage. Okay, could be worse. Um, so some things happen. Some monsters show up. Well. It doesn't happen in that order, and that's kind of significant. Did I mess that up? I apologize. It's not a big deal. The, uh, the, what is it? The court mage uh, suggests that she be allowed to become a mage, but she doesn't really have any magic tendencies. So she oh, goes. Oh, that's right. He suggests mm-hmm. she goes and visits her friend, Bucklick, there and see if, if they can do anything. So it's, it's a setup. Yeah, Jafar, Ijo, he just wanted to get yeah. rid of Jasmine for a bit. You know, mm, mm-hmm. mm. and I don't know if you know this, but Beck Lug has he studied they they, they studied the soul. <laughs> yeah, I studied if you haven't, soul. that was a really good Beck Lug. That was really good, Zed. It's <laughs> <laughs> really excellent. <laughs> I'm gonna hear that. I hear that, but the visual I have is the costume from uh, uh, Shisui when you turn into the old lady. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what she. Like she also studies. I'm soul. an old lady, uh, so I don't think sexy ladies are any good. <laughs> I'm gonna That's change how my. Mechanic works. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I'm gonna change no, my race macro. I've studied even... the soul. I've studied the soul. <laughs> Please do. Please do. What would be even more amazing is if you transformed yourself into like the old woman, and then the <laughs> uh, the like mermaid woman was like, "Oh, I'm super into that," and then. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very good. Um, that's totally neither here nor there. However, um, we're talking about Backlug and the royalty of Verbert, and all of a sudden we're talking about like gilfs. Like, what the it's hell is right going on here? It's not this seems far for the course. This seems yeah. like a normal day. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. where even was I anymore? I don't even know. Um, 
Uh, so it's suggested that she become a mage, and so she goes back, Luke, and she says, "I need to become a mage." And Help Luke, me, you're my best friend. Study. You, you I who have studied the soul. The soul. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and so magic things and sciency soul like things are done, and and she gets put up on the on the court uh, as a mage. Um. And so you know they're they're buddies, and you know. That's that's kind of how it works, right? It's like, oh, you're my friend. Please make me magic. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Um, and so stuff starts to to happen, right? Monsters start showing up at the uh, the was it long Longmere? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I think if, if you've yeah. done the tank quests, so the like the set of tank quests and um, done like the backstory there, this correlates with the series of events that leads yeah. to the stuff that you see there um in the flashbacks as well yeah um and so now with with all this stuff going on uh crown princess saldia uh who's her older sister right that that got the throne uh gets wounded on the front lines uh oh no right and so <laughs> don't we we see that in the thing don't we i think in the so. quest i think so well, I mean, we know that she's been we know that she's been obviously looking into the matter of the strange transformations and monsters that have been popping up around the kingdom. So I, I don't that's remember right. if we actually yeah, that, that is in the quest right. because that's yeah, why that's what's his face leaves. With, with yeah, Tadri, that's mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's been a while since I did that quest, but now yeah. that I think about it. Yeah. Um I say what's his face? Brandon is his name. Brandon. Yes. Sir Brandon, what's his face? Sir Brandon, what's his face? <laughs> Of the warriors, of um, yeah. I mean, so his whole story, right, and him helping the princess as they're looking into this and her ultimate death is the other side of the princesses, which I thought was really neat with this story because I didn't even know that Paldia existed beyond that hunt mark, mm -hmm. you know, oh, porous Paldia. And I think it also gives a lot more, you know, to uh, Beck Luke's backstory and some of the stuff that kind of leads into that dungeon and like the way that they've sort of secluded themselves. Yeah. Um, and so eventually, right, TLDR, uh, Paldia starts kind of transforming herself, right? Because of all this magic and all this stuff that's going on, uh, she starts to look a little off. Um, and so we've got um, the, uh, was it, wasn't Brandon, which uh, one of the, one of the, one of the, no, one of the Warriors of Light um, was in here. He does show back up. That is Brandon. Is it Brandon? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, we should just, you know, put her out of her misery. And Beck looks like, hey, I study the soul. <laughs> Jesus. I can fix this. I almost thought um, you said I studied the sword. And I was like, is that, is that, are we doing that now? I mean, that's what I was going to do with my raise <laughs> macro, definitely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, we find um, out that she's essentially been manipulated, right? Yeah. So, like, her mind has been sort of overtaken by this court mage that was secretly transforming all. Of yeah, the and and basically they they played backlog right to get her, the you know this magic enhancement or whatever, and it's just it's all going sideways. Um, I really liked this this story because uh, that that particular uh, role quest left me wondering how the heck did this guy know what to do? Like where did he doesn't seem like he would have the, the them smarts there. Where did he yeah. where did he learn this information? And then the story mm -hmm. is like this silver platter. This is how he learned. 
Yeah, he like yeah, literally yeah. learned through, you know, uh, the information that she was able to get when he took over her mind from Beck Lug about how to like transform, which then set him off on his spree of like warping people. And then when her sister confronted um, alongside Brandon and everybody and was killed, um, she was kind of left in the background and she started to transform and Beck Lug had to s essentially step in and be like, no, I can't bear to see my friend, like my only friend, the only person mm -hmm. that I loved and that I tried to help be lost to this and it's so terrible like yeah. oh <laughs> everybody's everybody's playing everybody but he still like considers her a friend and and even at the end like she's talking about how like you know she's like oh i never liked my sister and all this stuff and beck looks like hey no you no, like you love them she's like yeah hey, you're yeah. right i'm so hey. sorry and she kind of she kind of has that that moment where she kind of like breaks out of that like ah oh, I hate everything she's like oh my gosh like what has happened you know, um, and so kind of after all this you know Becklug's like all right I'm out, and he goes and he goes probably you know to the Grand Cosmos where he kind of just lives by himself with all <laughs> mm -hmm. his familiars. Uh, we never find out what happens to Paul Dia except uh, for the fact that uh, there is a hunt NM named Oporist Paul Dia that roams. We kill Ilmeg. her over and over again for eternity mm -hmm. yeah they it's I actually mean, they we yeah, kill her the, for nuts in the story oh, where they straight up call her that yeah i think oh, the, oh the court mage yeah just straight up calls yeah. her all poor paldia let's yeah. see what we can do for you and you're not wanting to get married state <laughs> she was yeah. i think they say she was uh imprisoned in a cell beneath yeah. the castle yeah and yeah. People who were like going through or like looking for stuff found her and opened it, and uh, she gets out and she's roaming the hills. So mm -hmm. now, anytime you kill her, you can feel so bad, bad about it. Yeah, you're, you're you're killing the poor the poor princess of Verbert for nuts. How does that make you feel? <laughs> you, could, you could feel good about it. She's no longer wandering, right? That she's with her family. Maybe now I mean, she was part of the. I mean, until, until, until her spawn window comes back well, up. Well, but this is. I think this is really important, right? Because. Yeah. She was part of the downfall of the kingdom, but there is a line that says, in that moment, Beck Lug saw the truth, that Todric had bound the poor girl's heart with mm -hmm. dark magics and forced her to do his bidding. Yeah. So, like, yeah. she, in trying to break herself out of the expectation that was placed on her that was causing her so much grief, like, agreed to work with Todric, but not necessarily, like, not to the degree of, like, yeah. I will bring down the kingdom and ruin everybody, to the degree of, like, I would really like to have some magic so I don't have to marry some guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Disney movie gone wrong. Yes, yeah. it is. If you could yeah. change your fate, would you? Don't. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's, like, it's exactly that, like, the reverse of it. And so, really, she was another victim of the kingdom, but she herself was vilified because of the public, public declaration she made um, while under his control. And it's terrible. Like, I think they locked her underneath the castle because they believed her to be a traitor. And Beck Lug was one of the only ones that was like, no, 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 this was my friend. Like, keep her there. Please don't kill her. They were, and, they were straight up going to kill her. And he was like, no, yeah. I want to study her to see if I can reverse that. He was lying. Mm. So I let's have stick studied her in this the cave. soul. I can fix there. this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really? It's sad. It's honestly, it's, it's kind of funny because I wish that we saw more of this, like, in game with hunts. Where, mm. like, maybe in the zones, there were actually, like, little bits of lore you could uncover. Or, like, if you killed a certain hunt target or something, it would give you a little short, like, find this letter or find that letter. Because I love the hunts. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's such yeah. a silly thing. Like, when have I a, first... have a quest pop up when you There's catch the kill one. Didn't the yeah. original ones actually have a little lore tidbit when you first, like, were told where to go? 
Like there, there, there were NPCs, hunt NPCs yeah. that were like, go mm-hmm. find this guy, and he's got blah 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 blah. And there wasn't a whole lot there. Yeah. Nobody really uses those anymore because you get the little thing that tells you it's over here now. Well, I think with, kind of. with that first batch too, there were some pretty tedious like spawn conditions yeah. as well. Yeah. And I don't, did we get those kind of spawn conditions or do they just show up now? I, I, I honestly up. don't know. I'm pretty I think sure they just, they just show up, up now. Yeah. Yeah. They, just were like, up. they were like, oh, that wasn't very nice of us. Just kidding. Go ahead. Have them. They I kept mean, some of the spawn conditions and things on like, I think the S ranks. So, but like, that's usually like you have to do this thing or kill, or like, you know, you get like the special that's ones. Right. That that's pop up. right. The S but they don't, I was thinking they of. don't do it with most of the just other ones, as far as I know. Yeah. I would love some sort of enemy list like other JRPGs have, where, you know, you fight it and you get a blurb like just on a page somewhere. And if you fight it five times, you get a second blurb. And if you fight it 10 <laughs> times, you get a third blurb or something. Like, that's, there you, you go. just bolt that right on. In game based, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. But this mm-hmm. story was, I thought, really neat. Um, I don't know how everybody else felt about it, but like, I I really like these last four that they released because I think each one of them kind of addresses something in the world or about like a character that really did maybe flesh out one of the few things that I still was kind of like, I don't Mm -hmm. know about. And Beck Luke is, it's tough because I almost wish that we had like encountered their character early on when we're like first meeting the new Mo and like they had been really abrasive to us or something or, you know, we just... A little something because as it was in the patch content they just kind of show up for convenience i know things about the soul and then you're like <laughs> okay great and you're sure, kind of playing right? and, it, and it starts off too like you go to the grand cosmos and becca lugs like the 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 crazy hermit get out of my house like yeah. sick it is is his familiars on you like <laughs> i definitely did wonder what made them so cranky and have to have their own private yeah old style elf castle especially there when we you know the other yeah. Numu, and you go, oh, they really want to help us. Why does this one really not want to help us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after what it's happened, so I probably wouldn't be very yeah. trusting of anybody either. Exactly. And it, I mean, they carry so much guilt because they were mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. like, their knowledge was part of the downfall of the, it was the downfall of the entire kingdom Seriously. that was misused. And so yeah. them to, like, then later say to you, I will help you with this, and I will, you know, give you this knowledge again, is a huge show of faith in the you know, future for everyone when for so long they've been living in the past. And that's such a great story, but we yeah. don't completely get that in the actual X-Pack. So I was really glad that they released it here and we actually got to kind of see it. I thought that was that was cool. I just love all of the pre-Flood of Light world building that they do. I want so much more of it. So much more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think uh, else So I think I think I mean that that sums it up. Um so the next one, a dream partnership. So I took on um, this one because I love this guy. <laughs> so uh this story starts out by talking about uh Amaro, uh which apparently uh when the old blood has quickened aka they sort of get that enlightened like oh hey i have i have i have smart things and can talk now <laughs> uh it also makes them live much longer uh i'm gonna put my glasses on like an old amaro because <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this is actually about the youth of seto uh the big giant amaro 
in also Ilmeg, actually. Who I completely <laughs> forgot about when we were wrapping up the last patch. And I'm like, who is this person? What? <laughs> oh, I so love Sato. Okay. Goodest, bestest boy. Number He's one good boy. best boy. Yeah. <laughs> ah. But anyway, he is he's chilling in, in his giant nest over in Ilmeg, and he he starts to think about days gone by, right? Um, and the the first thing he thinks about is not so good. He's he's basically like emaciated and dying, chilling in uh Nabatharang, which is gone now pretty much. And uh he's uh under the ownership of a guy who's basically beating him slowly to death, uh, to drag around his uh cart. Um turns out that this guy is a thief and uh our our warriors of light well three of our warriors of light in this case uh the what's her name Lamit, Lamit, yeah. and Arbert and brandon again he's mm -hmm. featured in two stories back to back they show up and they're Whoa. like you you're the bad guy so like uh sato's expecting to get beaten to have to get up out of his nap but nothing happens and he's like oh what's going on who are these strangers and that's when he first meets his best buddy Ardbert. So um as I was reading this, the Jade Fox kind of ticked off in my head. It's not a super like non-cliche name, but mm -hmm. we do see that in uh 14 already. It's the thief that features in the goldsmith uh quests. The mm. first like one to fifty goldsmith quests. Mm. What? That's right. That's a cute little uh, yeah. Easter egg for the game itself. That's yeah. neat, Zen. And I mean, also with Nabatharang sort of being a kind of like parallel to that area and mm -hmm. Ula and yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I thought that was kind of yeah. cool. Their yeah. names really aren't similar at all. And I didn't, I didn't look <laughs> to see like we don't, we don't know what this guy looks like, so we don't know if they look similar. Like mm -hmm. um, the the carriage guy we first meet when we get there, for example, but. The Jade Fox is, is a thief in both places. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's how they meet. And uh, they are well rewarded for finding the Jade Fox and turning him in. And uh, they split up the money three ways. And <laughs> this is an interesting thing that they add. Uh, Brandon, who is a sad boy at this point mm -hmm. in time for getting kicked out of uh, Bobert, uh, apparently drinks a lot mm -hmm. it has has various revelries they call them so probably drinks maybe maybe does a little bit more than that who knows let's not let's not think badly of our friend brandon over here who is <laughs> paladin <laughs> yeah oh uh, but anyway um they the two artbert and limit are like so we're gonna give you all your money but we're gonna give it to you slowly so you don't waste it you big drunk <laughs> i thought that was an interesting yeah. detail mm-hmm uh, and then uh, for Artbert, he takes his share and he goes and he buys Sato from from the city, right? He's like, mm -hmm. oh, this, this poor creature that was about to get its butt kicked. Like, it's, so he's like, he seems like a good boy. Let's, let's, he can come with me. Here's some, here's some money. And the, the, the city people are like, why do you want this? It's pretty much dead. And Brandon is a grumpy boy. And he's like, why do you want this? It's pretty much dead. Yeah. And uh, there's a comment that Seto basically like snorts hearing that from Brandon and it, it starts a little like rivalry between the two in the story which is yeah weird and random and kind of cute right uh so yeah any any thoughts beyond that for now friends I'm just kind of babbling 
I just uh. think it's so good and everything's so adorable. That's and so I mean, good. like, it more proof of Ardbert's personality and heart, mm-hmm. which I love yeah. seeing, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're saying, like, this thing, you know, this this Amaro is basically dead. Like, we couldn't do anything with it. We were probably just going to kill it. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And he, goes, and he goes and he buys him. And, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like, he's made some observations about the creature's intelligence, which also I thought was neat that he's not just kind-hearted, he's observant, right? Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. we get this note that he's, like, watching as the Amaro, like, moves and adjusts itself uh, to adapt to, you know, its overbearing and, and abusive master to try and, like, lessen what's going to happen to him. And it's so, it's just, I don't know, it just hit me right in the feels place yeah. so hard. <laughs> so there's a, 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 a portion that tells you where Ardbert's from. He's yes. from Fallujah, and his family was on a farm. So he yep. grew up around animals and raised animals and knew how to take care of them. And that's part of why he was observant about uh, Seto, because he was like, huh, this particular creature is acting a little bit quirky for what it yeah. ought to be doing. So he, yeah. he was observant in that way. Yeah, he says um, such rare intelligence is a thing to be nurtured. He's like, this is a smart animal. Like, this could do, this animal is pretty cool. I'm going to keep it. Right. And, and then Brandon's so like, awesome. whatever, give me, give me some of my money. I'm <laughs> yeah. thirsty. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I need to go it's, it's, have revelries. <laughs> I like that they have that, that bit about Brandon because it's, you know, we talk about why was Becklog isolated? Why wasn't he hanging out with all the other puppers? Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's because of all the, the crazy crap that happened in Verbert. And then you have Brandon, right? He's just like, I'm just going to go off and drink and, you know, that's how I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to, to live in a, in my own, uh, mansion or, or whatever uh mm-hmm. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna drink and smash things into yeah i'm gonna drink and fight things yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah he's a great paladin yes well you know paladins in the the source aren't super great either exactly so I guess that's what i mean yeah that's true. Following, that's true following the theme there yeah 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 so yeah um artbert then turns around and teaches seto a bunch of tricks um and and Seto, you you're this is all from Seto's perspective, if that wasn't clear, by the way. So Seto's like, huh, this guy's nice to me, he doesn't beat me up, he makes sure that I have food and water, but he's teaching me these tricks. I don't really get it, but you know what? I'm not getting beaten, so cool. That's fine. That's that's fine, let's do this. <laughs> uh so they they use Seto as as bait, basically, uh on one of their <laughs> On one of their little <laughs> adventures, they're hired out to take care of uh, an overrun populace of coyotes or something like that. And so they are like, okay, Sato, you're you're still kind of skin and bones. Go ahead and lay over there. Look like you're dead. Coyotes are going to come try and itch you. Yeah. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Is this the one? Yeah, he's uh, Sato's like, okay, well, I guess this is where they go ahead and get rid of me. Yeah. Saw this coming. He but does then, the like old man meme, like "guess I'll die." Yeah, <laughs> yeah guess I'll die. I should have known. Yeah. Men are all the same, is his, yeah. his thought, right? Yeah. So, uh, laying there, he's all boo. Oh well, at least I got to live a little bit longer and eat some totally sweet foods. But then our hero Ardbert's like, "Nah, dude, come here." What he actually says is, "Sato, to me." At, the, at which point, Sato's like, "Oh, is that what that trick is for?" So he gets up, runs to the friends. The friends run in and beat up the coyotes. And they do that apparently a number of times. I love, there's a, a fun detail here because Brandon is still like 
Raz and Seto. So when Seto mm-hmm. runs away with the child, oh, the coyote is following him. Oh no, it's it's this one, isn't it? Because he, oh, no, uh, you're right, you're yeah, right. he jumps right over Brandon's head as he's running to Ardvert, yeah. and all the coyotes end up in Brandon's face, and he's like, "What yeah. the heck, man?" <laughs> Sucks to suck. This is the kind of stuff that I would have loved to have like had in a cutscene. Yeah, Get, we got the echo. Right. Come on, give it. Yeah, show us. Show yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I it's don't so... know why these two need a rivalry, but they do. They do. And it's great. Well, I think it's like, it's another facet of Seto's interaction with the group, right? And the way that this story culminates, and I mean, we'll get there when we get there, but like the way that it culminates is all about that. Like Seto not just being a mount, not just being a creature, but being like a true part of their group. And in many ways, the only surviving member of that partnership. And well, it's like, he that he starts to yeah. I know, but like because of the way that he starts to interact with everybody, right? He's showing that like he's sassy, he's smart, like he knows that he can do this, that he can get back at him, which is like a very it's just more proof of that intelligence as opposed to just like mindlessly obeying or you know, like a being adoring of everybody. He has his own personality, like it's I there. Also, I think it's interesting too, like if you kind of strip away the the idea of like you know the intelligence and stuff of the amaro and and the fact that like you know where kind of brandon is right in his state of mind it's like yeah let's let's give him like the 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 horse of the group right that'll be the rival for the guy that likes to go off and drink you know like it's just like <laughs> okay <laughs> i didn't think about it that way but that's adorable too <laughs> super cute and i think it kind of snaps him out of his reverie a little bit to be like confronted by that which is fun yeah Mm-hmm. that's true that it, it does show like brandon kind of being put in a weird situation which raises his spirits a little bit more which is sweet yeah so uh this this final adventure that they talk about in this particular story uh they're fighting or, or hunting down something called the amber terror which is screwing with people's stuff i don't remember specifically how but uh Seto learns how to mimic the mating call of this bird. So that's that's how they get the bird to come out and, and chill with them, which is hilarious and and just further shows that this this Amaro is smart. Smart as a whip. Oh mm-hmm. wow, smart as a oh whip. Oh, oh boy. That's the beginning of the story. Yeah, that joke, be... Sorry, I didn't mean to do no. it. Accidental. Fantasy is dark, you guys. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> He's smart. He's just regular smart. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so even Ardbird at this point is like, wow, I didn't even like, I didn't teach you that. Where'd you learn how to do that, buddy? Uh, So yeah. Uh, So it was like, I don't know if you knew this, but I have studied the soul. (laughs) And I can do. (laughs) It's like, what? I think the Amber Terror is cute. Whatever. (laughs) I'm just getting down. judge. I'm kind of a bird, kind of mostly. What? Like a bird camel dog. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> mostly. So they the show up. Uh the the, Am- the Amber Terror shows up and they fight it and this this Amber Terror is like, I don't want to die. So it runs off and they follow it. And I, I guess it's got some dragon tendencies or some like crow raven tendencies, because mm-hmm. it's got a horde of stuff. After they kill it, they find a, a bunch of neat little little stuffs, little uh, gold and whatnot things. And Brandon picks one out, 
says he reaches down and plucks a saucer-sized medallion from the heap. And of course, reading this, I'm like, I know what that is. I know what yep. that is. Yep. So this is this is Brandon's particular chosen uh, prize. But Arbert's like, nah, you can't have that. Snatches it away and is like, this this needs to go to the real hero here today. Brandon thinks he means himself. So he's like, dude, I took care of you during that fight. What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But this, it's not for me. And he fashions a, a necklace out of it. And that is Seto's medallion that we get out of the lake for him. So I think we already knew that that was from Ardbert. But yeah, the way that's the details. Of, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really sweet. Especially he, the whole time he's like recognizing uh, Seto's amazing skills. And he's like, nah, here, this is your good boy reward forever. Yes. Yeah, and it's so and, and, sweet. And we wonder why Brandon likes to go have revelries. Hey, cool, check out this cool, and we're giving this to the bird. I mean, there's a bunch of other treasures he can have. It's fine, right? I mean, yeah. it's just but he wanted like... that one. That's too bad. I I love that. I mean, but at the same time, he does like get on the party train. You know, he says three cheers for Santa, the wiliest yeah, Amaro that ever yeah. lived, and like. Yeah. You get that little bit where it's like, oh, it was kind of a funny little thing, like lighthearted though it was. Ardbert's gesture that day served to recognize Seto as an equal, a full partner in the band's growing list of accomplishments. And like, there's that, like the twist, that like beautiful thing that I think, you know, really brings them all together as like a group and an ensemble mm. and like yeah. solidifies it. And it is, you know, um, something that's been given to him that is recognizing him as something more than just an Amaro um and and i just i love i think it's so sweet and also if you decided to keep that medallion from that good boy and lie to him you go to hell you get you deserve <laughs> what you get yes exactly. that's what this story is the story is mm -hmm. like mm, you made a huge mistake you you messed up and you didn't even realize it and like <laughs> you probably realized it a little bit honestly you played you yourself you played yourself <laughs> um but yeah it's so sweet it's Dude, just yeah. so sweet i love the story I but really uh like... i think go ahead oh, you Oh, um, I really liked at the end that they say, you know, like, this was so good. They were so good that Renda Ray was like, oh, they hunt beasts. I should join them. Right. Yeah. And it kind of gives us that full timeline of when, who joined, like mm -hmm. what order mm -hmm. and why, what quest. And, you know, sometimes we knew because they were in the role quest, but sometimes it was a little bit like. Yeah, they were a little janky. <sighs> it was a little yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I also... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Ted. I also like, like. Be when we do the role quests, we do get to see the party coming together and yeah. how they sort of all jive and stuff, but we never really see how Sato does this. So I'm super yeah. glad they added this story so that we know that he is more than just like just Artbert's buddy. He's yep. part of yeah. the party. He's the what sixth or seventh member of the party. He is the Amaro of Light. Yes. <laughs> and I love it too because I like that they kind of worked in the fact that <laughs> this is gonna be so silly. But, like, really some of the only content that anybody uses their chocobos for anymore or their companion for is, like, hunts. Yeah. Like, going out and doing the hunts or, like, sure having, yeah. like, out in the zones. And I really thought that was cute. Like, I don't know if they did that intentionally. It kind of seems like it, though. But it made me very, it made me feel very warm fuzzy for our companion as well. I just wish that so. it was possible to get an amaro companion like that would be really hard to think about because yeah. you can't put it in your pocket and, and take it back to <laughs> the, you could the if source. it were an egg do they get yeah. eggs i don't even know i don't know hmm. they, they do have question. a rookery there's an amaro rookery yeah right? so they must so theoretically there are eggs involved in a rookery i'm gonna go over there and see if i can't find any eggs yes <laughs> yes all right so 
that's that's pretty much that is the end of the the thing pretty much right yeah they yeah. they no, then there's one little last thing no 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 i mean i mean his 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 memory. Oh, okay okay yeah yes. the end of his so so after that um he he comes out of his, his reverie and he's like ah yes a better time he's thinking about how uh he got so big that the necklace around his neck snapped and he was so grateful to the adventurer who brought it back to him so we we make an appearance in the story hooray uh, and he also thinks that uh, he asks the the pixies to make him a new necklace for the thing. And he thinks that they put like a dream charm on it, which is why he's just been napping there for a long time, which is very nice. But also he doesn't seem to mind. He's like, that's cool, whatever. But then he he suddenly like having thought about his past, he, he wakes up, decides he needs to get the heck out, take a, a wing around Ilmeg or wherever. Um, and he says he's going to go. This is where it possibly gets dark. He says he's going to go visit the weaver which is a nickname for Nimia, who is a god about fate and Nimia lilies you put on graves. So maybe he's he's like, all right, it's time to go be dead. Mm. I mean, he mm. old, he old. Yeah, he's very old. And I mean, yeah. the pixies, it's, it's funny because you're right, like they do technically, I guess it seems like ensorcelate. And yet yeah, he says that, you know, he, there's, these like slumbering sojourns, the sun dappled past. It almost seems like it's a kindness, which is so makes me cry already. I'm yeah. just tearing up already. Like yeah. that because he's just been alone and he, you know, at this point, like there's there's nothing for him to do. And when you last see him in the 5.3 quest and he says, like, I think I feel like flying again. And then you think about like that, like this gift that they almost gave him, these dreams, like whether yeah, or not it's been exactly. making him sleep, but it's mm, like yeah. these dreams of all that he had lost, but happy dreams, like happy dreams. And then he flies away, he dies, and I want to die inside. I am dead. Um, <laughs> if, if the, the exact line is, uh, he would visit the one they call the Weaver and thank them for this gift, for, this, for these blessed dreams. And he was, it's like a, a two, twofold thing here. So he's having the dreams about his past, but he's visiting the Weaver, who is the goddess of fate, basically. So thanking her for the dreams is kind of like thanking her for his fate the life that he lived too right right so. see i didn't even think about it that way i was just like oh there's a pixie called the weaver and they're just i'm sorry go don't cry <laughs> Why are you no, i mean it's fine see, that's that's what I, I did right because we we technically i don't think we have the 12 right on the first and so we know that pixies play with dreams and so i mean we, we do have i think the it's a double the yeah they don't they're not they're not quite the same and they don't they don't call her Nemia, but it, there's a very good chance mm. that all of the the stuff yeah. that made us the 12 on the source uh, has trickled through yeah. it, through the first as well. It's it's the capitalization <laughs> so that's where, that's of Weaver. Yeah. 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 That's what yeah. gets me. It's the capitalization of it in the story. It's like, yeah, that could be just a pixie, but it just seems more than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be either. I mean, they don't really say, right? Yeah, like, it's not like a sad ending. It's not like, and then he flew, but about 10 feet later, he, just, <laughs> he descended yeah. and died. Like, he <laughs> dove right back into the lake and just. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how she's getting all emotional and then she starts <laughs> from laughing. After being the one to say that he got 10 feet. And then fell out of the sky. Right. Yeah. And my well, whip joke was Rook, bad. Rook, yeah. Rook wins the award for most <laughs> terrible person on this episode of Aetherite Radio. Yay, uh, thank you. You saved me. 
We should get you like a medallion or something. Oh, wow. Jesus. <laughs> you are I just wanted to bring it full circle. Me. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I'm dying. Oh, I'm sorry, I made my laugh. I made myself laugh and cry very hard simultaneously. Um, we get a, we get a medallion with a picture of Seto, but then like do one of those like how the toys they have like the little like the little blue like simulated water kind of inside yeah. of it. Like yeah, we'll get one of those. Oh no. Have a little Why? have a little little like uh like life preserver locket hanging. I think they. Next to it. I was gonna say before. Dang it! I can't stop laughing. Um, I was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm here for real this time. I swear. Nobody make a single sound. So help me. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> we were trying not to make a sound. Too. Oh God. Okay, I was going to say. I'm doing a great job making a really good podcast for Fusion right now um, and for everybody else here. Um, it's, I think that it's very purposefully done, right? And that it's not supposed to be sad, right? Like it's supposed to yeah. be a beautiful- like, He lived his life. Day. He is happy. He's content. He's yeah. moving on. Yeah. He, he led a good life. He's ready to And then done. he just, just nosedives right into Longmere like- Stop it. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> anyway- um, I liked all of these stories, <laughs> but I think this one's probably my favorite. Just because of we, how we, adorable we, and sweet and like mm -hmm. wrap up y it is. We for, broke Rook. For, for the good boy. <laughs> he he a very good boy. He had a good oh, life yes. with yeah. his buddy. Yeah. He even got to see his buddy before, you know, going to visit the Weaver, whatever that may or may not Why be. Why are you still laughing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. I just <laughs> It's such a great ending because he just <laughs> he just disappeared on the first. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to let let you know that he disappeared on the first. Just saying, someone might be exploring the first soon in a D and D game or something. Just saying. Oh, yeah. so oh, okay. Don't you dare make us find his dead body somewhere. So <laughs> oh help me out. <laughs> God, never. Pixies, Pixies, send us to empty the lobster traps. <laughs> like, oh hey, what's that over there? <laughs> No, not ever. Oh boy. I don't know why I laughed so hard at that. I can't even explain. <laughs> it's been like since high school that I laughed at something that hard and I just could not stop. This is, I might be a terrible person. I'm not sure, but we're gonna we're gonna figure it out maybe. Someone's like trying to get it back on topic, being serious, and you just you can just see Rook just She muted herself, it. it's fine. In the back. <laughs> I muted myself so no one had to hear my absolute devolve just devolving into madness in the background. The, the cackling. Oh my That's gosh. That's what I do. I ah. think it's just because it, the story really did, for all my cackling, it really did touch me very much emotionally. Yeah. But when I made that joke, I surprised myself with it. And then I could <laughs> not stop laughing about it. <laughs> all right. No, I got it together. We're good now. We're good wow. now. It's a very good one. He's a very good boy. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. The end. So that's, that, yeah, that's the end of that one. And it's your turn. Oh, boy. Oh, this one. <laughs> this I pulled one. it up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, the very first word. How appropriate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Emmett Selk. There's my garbage man. <laughs> I love this story. I'm living for this story. I am dying for this story. I just love this story. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, this one's called Air Our Curtain Falls, and uh, it's the third one that was released, and I hear I'm in charge of it, mostly because the moment Fusion said, how about this? I started yelling in the distance, <laughs> like, please let me talk about this I mean, one. I like how you called him your, your garbage man. 
He my yes. garbage man, and I love him more than life itself. Did I um, really quick, really quick? Did I go. say? I'm not sure. I did the the title for the previous story. It's called a dream partnership. And now that we've finished summarizing it, oh. my heart. Ouch. Ouch. See, all I now that Rook has called Emmett Selker garbage man, all I can think about is like the garbage man, like taking the thing, emptying it out, and just looking at me. Remember me, and then he just <laughs> leaves and goes and grabs the next garbage can. That's fine. That is Emmett. That's weird. He, yeah. that, it's really weird. That's really weird to it, me. And then he climbs into the garbage and then <clears> puts <throat> the, he closes it slowly. He's like, and then he just closes it. And then and he shows the garbage. it later. Yeah, um, garbage men in your part of the world are very different from mine. I don't. <laughs> uh, this one is super cool. Uh, I think a lot of us, myself included, and I know Fusion too, any yeah. little tidbit of Amara time lore that they can give us about anything. Bring it. Just I am all just of like, it. I will never stop consuming this, and I love it. Um, and this one's really neat. And actually, it almost perfectly answers a lot of the questions that we even brought up in our initial impressions of patch yes. 5.3, which I am so excited about. And I'm sure when we do our lore episode, this will also get brought into it because it's really, really cool. So it starts out, uh, we are back in ancient Amarat, and it is essentially a memory of Emmett Selks. Uh, so he is kind of you know walking through the cities in the capital, and he gets called and summoned by uh, none other than our friend uh, here from the very, very end. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain's a little bit. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. A little bit, who we have obviously had a lot coming out of 5.3 with, um, uh, you know, his role, his figure, who he was um, within the convocation, and knowing that he eventually uh, sacrificed himself to become the heart of Zodiac. So uh, as he's as he's walking through, he gets yelled at by Elidibus, who sort of like waves him down and rushes over and confirming he was a child or a youth, at least. I assume he was like a teenager is kind of. Mm -hmm. um, he's small in stature. So mm -hmm. yeah. what they, that means. They refer to him as the youth throughout the story, okay. though. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. but there has been a little bit of discussion in this with some of the Japanese translation versus the English translation uh, from what I've seen where I guess there's a little ambiguity, but it, it does seem to me from the description and then from the fact that Emmett Selk refers to him as the youth that we could safely say, and the way he appears at the end of 5.3. Yeah, yeah. He was likely young, um, which also, though, made him very pure of heart, which we find out in the story, which is really sweet. Uh, so there's a volcano that in the rest of the world is sort of uh, going to be exploding soon. And a little bit uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? um ancient ancient pompeii, city, pompeii. much like yeah. pompeii there is a civilization there that's on that island um that is going to be obliterated by it and the convocation has kind of decided that that's okay <laughs> like that they're just Bar like hands off yeah he's like <laughs> i guess those people will die and their homes will get exploded uh or you know maybe they can evacuate that's cool too maybe um, they shouldn't have set up shot by a volcano <laughs> yeah <laughs> not our problem so even though like the lands are fertile farmlands and things like that, they're just kind of saying this is a natural sort of thing that's going to happen. And unfortunately, whoever dies, dies. Um, however, Elidibus, it does apparently doesn't feel totally on board with that, uh, but very much so uh, Azem does not either. So Elidibus comes to Emmett Selk and says like, hey, do you know about this volcano? Um, well, it turns out that Azem went there. And even though everybody else was like, don't do it, Azem was like, oh, but Azem do it, though. And <laughs> decided, and decided 
um, risking another censure, which I really liked that detail, mm-hmm. that Azem has been a problem for everybody yeah. for a while now. Um, Azem has and gone continues to the after they're not themselves anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Azem, who, as we know, post 5.3 is uh, who we likely were before our soul was sundered. Well, not who likely we were, Azem, before yeah. our soul was sundered. Yeah, it's us. Has been causing problems. Decides to go to the volcano. Alitabase seems pretty chill with this. Alitabase is like, it's kind of cool, though. I'm kind of yeah. into it. And I was like, this is very exciting. And I love this little bit. Something that I think has just set the internet on fire, but like in a fun way, has been that when Emmett Selk is like, okay, so what did this, what did this doofus that I love tell you about why they're going to go do this? And, and sweet little Alitabase is like, well, they told me there's really good grapes on the greenland and that they had to go save the really good grapes and emmett selk is like oh you sweet summer child (laughs) and i just like i just love it it's so good (sighs) there's been so much debate online about whether you know azem is just like he knows or they know that Elidibus is kind of a gullible child and is like lol yeah it's because there's grapes and then like leaves to actually go save the people in their homes and things like that or if azem really is kind of eccentric and it's just like i do actually dig those grapes though so i'm gonna go and deal with this i mean you know we we do get some interesting dialogue choices you know Uh, what's uh (laughs) really i what i i really like the most about the grapes part is there is a whole long ass quest chain in the corresponding i assume that they're talking about Kalusia. Yeah, because because that's the volcanic island that is the area, right? So in in the source, mm-hmm. we have Lenosha. There's a long ass quest chain where you have to find some old grapevines and like bring them back to life, right? Like re mm-hmm. re replant, re bring the grapes back up. Wine. So yeah, yeah. Through time, through time, we have been trying to preserve these grapes, you guys. <laughs> and something that I didn't note, but that is actually really interesting. Um, is if you okay? Uh, everybody's been helping with my names with my names today because I keep forgetting. Uh, dungeon, uh, ancient Lalafells, uh, the tomb that's Wonders there. Palace. No, it's no. Uh, you have the stones that have the inscriptions on them that you have to put Karn. on the thing. Karn, Karn. sunken temple of Karn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So apparently, Karn was a temple to Azem. This blew my mind. <laughs> was a temple dedicated to Azem. Well, as we Azema, uh, yeah. as we would yeah. know, um, and uh, the sigils that are found in there are representative icons of the deity and grapes. One, the two that you do at the end, it's fire grapes. Yeah, I always is. know because I call it. I so I never forget. Oh, I go hot grapes. Fire grapes. I go yeah. hot grapes every single time. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and that's that's this story. That's this is the fire grape story. Yeah, this so, is why. It's actually incredibly cool seeing the way that this all kind of trickles down. And yeah, now I thought that was a strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's grapes. It's like they call it fruit. they call it berries, don't they? They call it the fruit of wisdom. Yeah, ah, it's fruit. That's right. I, um, I always think of it as a strawberry. And I think that because I thought I thought it was the berries were first. 
No, no it's, it's hot good. grapes. I know because yeah. then every single time I get to that thing and I go, hot grapes. The way I remember it is strawberries are my favorite. So strawberries are first. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, rem I'm probably remembering it wrong because it's yeah. been a no, long I'm not, maybe time. I'm remembering it wrong. We're going to have to have a throwdown now. over this. There are a little bunch of grapes. It's who, funny that who I can actually never... who, who actually gets the things and tips the scales anymore? You just hit it, kill the ghosts and go in. Yeah. <laughs> I do, so I what I'm ever... hearing is, is next legendary stream. We need I to run Karn first. Is what uh, yeah. I only get those two stones and I put them on every single time because I like doing mechanics because I'm a good boy, Zen. That's fine. So anyway, um, all of my... All I of guess I'm a garbage man. No, I mean, if you, Zen, if you were a garbage man, I would still love you. And that's been proven. <laughs> yeah. Before you move on. As the summoner, I have to talk about Ifrita. Yes. 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 Um, we really have to talk about them. Let me make a quick because I was gonna I was gonna put yeah, this in here. Oh yeah, go um, ahead. You, you, okay. you. So hot grapes aside and everything else, um, <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting, right? So obviously this is a story that has continued on, but uh, Elidibus comes up to Emmett Selk and is like, I kind of need your help to make sure that Azem doesn't get like slapped on the wrist. And it turns out that what Azem is going to do, now hear me out is that Azem is going to summon um, Ifrit, uh, Ifrita, which was an idealized sort of epitome of fire. Um, who, who created it? They said who did. La Habrea. La Habrea. Yeah. So La Habrea creates it um, and then stored the idea away. And um, they're like, we're going to, they decided, Azem decided they're going to take this and they're going to take it there. And then they're going to use the fire energy that's coming out of the lava to create the embodiment of and contain the embodiment of Ifrita and then move it elsewhere and kill it dead. Much like we do all the time in yeah. the story, which also yeah. I think is super clever and very, very fun. Um, and, you know, Elidibus is like, can you make sure, can you help and make sure that, you know, Azem doesn't get in trouble. And Emmett Salk's like, mm, taking Azem's side, huh? And Elidibus is like, no, 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 no. Just, um, you know, I'm you just promised me some grapes. <laughs> I'm just hearing <laughs> everybody out equally. And Emmett Salk makes the comment of like, how could Azem even get their hands on this Ifrita? And then kind of sits there and goes, oh, Hythlodius is the one in charge of all that, huh? Yeah, well. Mm. Azem definitely went to Hythlodius and was like, there's some dope grapes though. And Hythlodius was like, oh yeah, sweet. You want a Frida? Check it out. <laughs> Go for it. So, so I really like, uh, I, I, I no, I was going to say, so okay. please go ahead. That's the, that's the idea there. Okay. I really like, uh, this, this, did Charles did your stuff. You're the summoner. So I'm yeah. going to give you priority. No, no, Good? I just wanted to talk about it. That's okay. all I wanted to do. Okay. So I really like that this is included in this story because it very well could mean that, uh, Quetzalcoatl that we see in the end of that dungeon is the same as Ifrit or any of the other ones, mm -hmm. meaning that the original name for all of the primals was Guardian Force, which I think is super interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Mm. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, look, as somebody who enjoys eight, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. on board with that yep. idea. I'm all We're right. We're team eight sure. here. Yeah. So yeah, I just I that was a if if that's the case, and I think it very well could be with this this particular thing. People create hmm. these these elemental or whatever manifestations of concentrated element thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of them just happened to still be hanging around named Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, yeah. Was just left behind and you know, in, in the well, in the La Habrea's like, you know. We'll 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 make the Amulja do Ifrit. We'll have uh, Quetzalcoatl. I don't really have a Beastman tribe that resonates with Quetzalcoatl. You can just stay, stay there. Yeah. Well, yeah. but we do see one of the um, 
Amaratines transform into Quetzalcoatl, which yeah. also bringing back some of mm -hmm. the, uh, yeah. the, what we were talking about earlier with 16 yeah. or the idea of iconic summoning mm -hmm. or a sale or, um, gosh, even, uh, when we get Shinryu, which technically yeah. is kind of emerging of that, right? The idea or Hades who transforms into a figure, which we know he used as like mm -hmm. part of, you know, the stuff and jobs and duties that he had back in, uh, the ancient times. Uh, it's really interesting. The idea of what if, people were able to harness and use these if they had a more complete soul um mm. and or like you know we see here like obviously this is not tying it into a person but the idea of using this template this guiding plate to then put all of that excess fire aether into and then disperse it safely as opposed to letting it rampage naturally it is so eden it is so eden it's mm -hmm. it's such a it just mm -hmm. ties in so well with what we're doing to bring back you know, because we're like, okay, we'll gather as much as we can, we'll give it form, and we'll murder it. And, uh, yeah, it always works. Who knows? Well, give it form and murder it. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember I, I... previously, we, we talked a whole bunch about what the heck Quetzalcoatl could be, and now we have yeah. maybe a slightly clearer idea. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thought that keeps coming back into my head now, thinking about Olympus as a youth, because this, this whole time, he's not been, right? You know, he's, like, an adult like he's you know grown ass man like walking around and, and talking to us and whatever uh all i can think about and and this is i apologize in advance for the reference uh any of you watch power rangers turbo growing up no yeah so yeah. so for some reason in turbo they decided that uh one of the power rangers was going to be a, a kid yeah and okay. so when he morphs he turns into like a like a full adult, a, a full adult. <laughs> yeah that's a little bit. I forgot about oh, that. Oh, wow. A little wow. bit is the kid Power Ranger of the I was just thinking he's like the Robin to our Batman or something. Mm. I actually really love that he appears to us as an adult because, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Uh, some of it, I think, almost makes more sense as we continue in the story. So um, with that sort of said, right, we eventually kind of see the end of this memory that Emmett Selk is sort of talking about where... Uh, you know, a young Elidibus just kind of meanders away and is talking about like, wow, is M such a, has such a refreshing perspective and is so such an interesting <laughs> person. And Emmett Selk is kind of reflecting on Elidibus, um, as Elidibus was before the Sundering, right? And talks about how, you know, Elidibus was somebody who was eager to fulfill his duty. He also respected and admired the convocation more than any other. And to many of us, he was as a younger brother of sorts. Um, and this is where it gets real sad. When it became clear that we that he was the most suitable candidate for Zodiac's, uh, Zodiac's heart, it didn't matter how strong any other person's resolve was, because there were none except for him, likely because of his youthfulness, his idealism. Um, none of them could not waver except for him. And that is, it's so, it's so interesting, because I think it does make Everything else makes so much more sense. When he eventually separates out, which we kind of see, there's there's a bit of like a, a, a skip ahead sort of here where they talk about when Zodiac, where he talks about when Zodiac reseparates uh, out and Elidibus emerges again, right? And he appeared in the shape of a man in the moment of crisis um, and looked over everybody. Everybody's like just sitting there like, what? 
And he says, fear not, you will make the right choice and I will see it through. So this is kind of like, we're kind of moving around here, likely from, you know, the turbulence and stuff that happened with Heidelin and further on, right? So he eventually reemerges and then they continue this mission as Asians after the Sundering as stuff goes on. But um, when he reemerges, I almost, and this was just my interpretation, so I'm curious to hear about everybody else. I imagine he appeared as a man because he knew that it's what would give everyone the most confidence. The hmm. idea that, you know, he he wants to live up to their expectations. He has always wanted to stand amongst them. He went into being Zodiac's heart, the only one that had the youthful idealism and naivety and hope in a way that was really his strength because he wasn't jaded by his age or experience or by the politics of the others and became this pure heart, this pure idea, which we then see him struggle with um, in 5.3 as he's forgetting things, remembering things, but no, his, his mission, his mission, his mission. And mm -hmm. um, the fact that he has almost made himself become the, their guiding rock because of the transformation that he has gone through and forced himself into this form that wasn't even his to begin with is awful and mm -hmm. sad. Yeah. And it makes everything in 5.3 make so much sense and hit so much harder. That's yeah. uh, not what I got out of it, to be honest. Really? No, go. Please give yeah. me your interpretation. No, for, for me, he comes out as a man because this is the point where he starts losing himself. He is no longer that, that child that, that mm. full of youth and, and, and optimism. He's not that person anymore. It, he's not. He isn't. They, part of his, like, as you said, the youthful thing is what made him so good to be the heart. And it's, that's gone now. The hmm. everything, all of himself was poured into that heart. And maybe he comes back out of it, but he himself is gone. And from that point on, he's broken from what made him him. And that's that I think that's personally where the point where he starts to separation. He's yeah, he's to, yeah. to lose himself. It's gone. I can you know? I can easily see both sides yeah, of that. For like, sure. Open to interpretation. <laughs> yeah. It it really is. And you know, when you think about like how they set it up for his coming out of Zodiac. It's like, yeah, we were at our, our wits end and we, we needed help. Did you summon a primal out of a primal? <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Right? Yeah. Like, Ooh. did they, did they get that idea and, you know, want it so much that they gave birth to the idea of the crazy. emissary again? You know, like, I don't know. There, you could take this so many different ways. Yeah. And I, I love that. It. I'm thinking about, I'm like, a nuclei, right? A nuclei. Yeah. It's like, I think so. was he was he kind to him because he saw himself there? Right. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Zen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, like two hundred percent. And when we think wow. about, like, we talked about in five point three, uh, his choice oh. of continuing the warrior of light. Oh, like, I could totally like, just share this a new one now. Yeah. Well, like the, the nuclei. To to continue that really quick, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. They're, they're, they were kind of in the same position, except Anukali was too late and failed. So mm -hmm. even even more on top of that, he's like, "I feel sorry for you. We we are basically brothers in the same issue, and I'm really sorry that this happened to you. I can do better. I'm going to take care of you, bro." Yeah, I mean well, it's so true though, and even when you look at their imagery, the white cloaked figure that's like exactly. a child, and the white cloaked figure that is a they're child. The yes, mm -hmm. they are the same. They're almost identical, which is very I, interesting. I, I would wager, right? If we if we want to just let's just go crazy, we'll finally use in a cow high for something, right? 
Uh, what if, you know, we've had Xenos split up mind and body. Why couldn't we do the same with Elidibus? Interesting. There you go. The tinfoil hat is on. Zen has the hat on. I mean, yeah. I would, it, it's very interesting. And we obviously coming out of 5.3 had a lot of guesses or thoughts about like, well, what if eventually we end up bringing back the memories or use those stones in some way? Or, I mean, his spirit is supposedly contained within the crystal tower now. Um, it's, it's very, it's, it's all very interesting. And Anukali, I think, has some very striking, uh, striking resemblances, Zen, that I didn't even really think about in that context, but that you are very much right about, like 110%. Um, and what I was thinking about with his sort of childishness is like with things with how he pictures the warrior of light or the fact that he decides to embody a hero also, I think, really speaks to his age and um, to, I think, some of those remnants of himself that are still in there, even if he doesn't realize it, yeah. which is really fascinating. Um, I know, I know. It's it's actually, it's it's really cool seeing how it all comes together here. And we then kind of transition in the story to basically what we're sort of discussing, um, which is that we are no longer in the, the land of the ancients in Amaratine. We are now like drifting in the abyss, the void with Emmett Selk, who's just chillaxing a little bit between evil schemes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, who is talking about kind of the effect that this eternal life has had on them which i also loved because the Asians, i mean we we kind of see them as malicious figures for a very long time in the story but what they have gone through to try and hold on to this memory to hold on to this promise that they made to their people is actually really moving in a lot of ways um, which is also partially why i love emma silk so much um but he's sort of drifting in the void and he has stepped away from his disgusting meat shell of Solus, who he left back on the source. Um, one should not remain perpetually in character is, is my favorite. I love it. And we get a sense of his dramatics, his theatrical self. Which, he's reminding our peers not to blend. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. He almost sees himself as an actor, which I love and which will be relevant later yeah. when we get to the end, which I'm going to nerd about hard. Um, so... <laughs> He's just talking about like getting rid of this form because he really feels like it's not even his real form, right? It's just a form of a form of a form that he's taken. And while he's in there, Elidibus appears beside him. And it's very similar to when he heard Elidibus call his name in the past, in the memories, except that now Elidibus is a very different person. Um, and he's basically reporting that more of their number have died. La Habrea is gone. La Habrea has been killed. Um, and so Emmett Selk kind of drags himself from sleep and, you know, he's saying like, oh, but he's not really gone. But yes, he is. And this is sort of where our legacy as the warrior of, uh, warrior of light starts to kick in, um, where, you know, we're finding these solutions to kind of entrap or destroy the Asians. Um, and Emmett Selk, you know, kind of responds to this, reacts to this, and sort of muses over it, and then muses over La Habrea and the creations and the legacy that they had left with things like Ifrita, which we talked about earlier in it. Um, and then realizes that Elidibus, who has come to him, just does not seem to know who he is totally. And there's a little paragraph there where they talk about, like, uh, yet another part of him had been lost ever since the day he had reappeared to us as the embodiment of hope. Time's tides had conspired to wash away what bits and pieces remained of the person he once was. So, like, we assume, and we they discuss in there as well, that each of them has kind of processed this repetition and, and eternal life differently that like some of them have hopped around is it la habrea who's like hopped around between mm -hmm. all the different shards 
fragmenting himself over and over and over and over in this self-destructive cycle until this just this like last little bit of him kind of exists that Emmett Selk has almost become like he feels like he's play acting at everything and we get like this sense and sometimes he just leaves and he pieces and he goes to the void but like this weight of eternity has registered for all of them differently and yet they've been clinging to these crystals and so he tries to get Elidibus to look at his crystal and remember those things but Elidibus is like I don't even need the memories I'm just going to lose them again so he refuses um and then they start talking about I know they start talking about the hero and uh, this hero that has appeared and that, you know, Elidibus is going to start figuring out a way to deal with them. And, you know, Emmett Selk is, is just kind of like, I'm going to go to sleep again. But then Elidibus leaves and he says, that was the last time that I ever saw him. And that's kind of the end. For, before I go into the very last bit, does anybody have any thoughts on that section? <laughs> yes. Um, so... In what five point three was the latest patch? Yeah. Uh, my my big argument, well, I guess not argument. My my big uh, peeve, I guess, uh, was how much I felt was lacking as far as Elidibus presenting who he was. So I really yeah. enjoyed this story for that aspect because it did fill in some of those blanks that I had there. Um, I guess I'm sad that they were in a story, but I'm glad to have them at all. So yeah, it's that weird mixed bag, right? Because I mean, yeah. we talked about this a little bit when we did our review. It's getting into that patch, and all of a sudden, Elidibus is just like, "Oh, like I'm just now conveniently like forgetting things and acting weird." And you know, it was like, "All right, it feels a little rushed, but it helps a little bit when we have this backstory." Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of clarification, and and it makes uh his his change from Mister so- Stoicism to. I'm crazy. I can't remember myself, guy. It seemed more natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I almost I liked I liked the sort of memory walk that Elidibus took us on in 5.3. Yeah. But part of me can't help but wish that we hadn't had that solo instance. And instead, mm-hmm. when we got a hold of our crystal, Emmett Selk had left something in there. Or like we had our own memories that then took us back to Amarat and we like They should have given us yeah. new information there. And we yeah. like got to see all of this in the game. And we got to see that Elidibus was young and was like, because that would have like all the yelling that I did during the primal yeah. fight where I was like, what's happening? What is this? What is it now I'm like to? really bummed that that's not what it was. I... And they just rehashed everything instead. I really love that memory walk though. Like, I cool. liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not only both? because, only because, at one point he says, "That's when we lost control of you." Like that is such a big deal. It's right? like one to sentence. know that exact point. Yeah, yeah, like that they were controlling us. Like I think Elidibus is the reason we are the warrior of light, and it's so important to know that they played themselves because they were just <laughs> running through it. They were like Elidibus mm-hmm. is speed running calamities. By, I love this. Yeah, it's by, so good. It's so awesome. It's great. It would have been really neat. Uh, hearing you say that made me just immediately sorry. I I jumped oh, in. Oh no, here, it's fine. But, um, it made me immediately go. How cool would it have been then if we had gotten maybe we didn't have the fight at the end. Yeah. But we had gotten like the that kind of deal with the solo instance, and then had a moment where we almost turned the tables. Yeah. And because we we know that we can read Elidibus, and we know that we can trigger the echo, and that you know like. We have seen glimpses of Amarat and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. How cool would it have been then to, like, to have the instance shift 
where you then show something to him yeah. and it's like these memories or like Emmett Selk has left memories for you or something. Hey bro, remember yeah. grapes? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. Did he ever bring a little bit back some grapes from the uh, volcano? Had to. Had to. Had to. Oh, I mean, I would, 100%. I so. There's like 50 pieces of fan art already or more yeah. that show this. <laughs> <That was> so <laughs> Yes. Um, it it's really, it's yes. This story, I think, out of all of them, probably for me, but everybody else can weigh in, is the one that I would be like, this is a must read. Yeah. Like, yes. This oh, one, the, the next one, the last yes. one is really solid in that oh, aspect yes. as well. That's true. I mean, true. technically, we are in this one, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our love of grapes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. It gave me what I think I needed for Elidibus. And yeah. it made all of that yes. imagery and everything else just make so much more sense mm -hmm. um, in a way that was so tangible that I wasn't expecting, um, but that I think just gives his character some really incredible stuff that like, yeah, again, it would have been great to see a bit of this earlier on, or like even had him like show up in some weird places and make weird comments to us that would have been like his memories almost trying to like come back to these things and and our relation to him. But regardless, I mean, I think there's a lot they obviously put into those moments that we didn't even realize until this story. So um, yeah. that's really neat. Uh, yeah. They just wanted to hit us in the feels multiple oh, times yes. using the same material. They so they, they, they oh, yeah. done, like, like I'm imagining now, like we're just going through somewhere and we just see a little bit pop up and he just goes, thanks for the grapes and then disappears. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. I love it. Um, did anybody else have any other thoughts on that section before I do the little last bit here? Do it up. All right. So because I'm a big theater nerd, which I think we've talked about before here on this show, um, and I went to acting school, uh, some people might not even know that the ending of this story is super cool. I just want to be real. Oh, I remember you mentioning this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, it's actually super, super, super neat. Uh, so I was actually in a production of Shakespeare's The Tempest where I played this character, um, but a gender bent version, Prospera, whereas it's originally Prospero. Um, but for anybody who doesn't know and thought this was just like a cool poem at the end, this is actually an adaptation of the soliloquy at the end of Shakespeare's The Tempest which is a really neat play. And it was one of the last plays that he ever wrote. And it is oftentimes discussed as being his own farewell to the world. Um, and this last monologue in particular is sort of considered uh, to be his way of saying goodbye and taking his bow off of the stage um, before he passed. Which, when you know that, is like, oh, the chills are all over me. It's drafty in here. Um, it's just so good. And uh, it's a really cool soliloquy. So if you've never heard it, just a little heads up. And oftentimes it's done completely almost like separate from the, the production itself where all the action wraps up and it's this big epic and, and Prospero is um, a sorcerer who like uses these different spirits and entities. Ariel is like his companion and he is taking care of his uh, son in the story who, you know, falls in love with somebody and like dealing with all these different things on the island and arranging it in this way because he's been in exile where he brings about his happy ending, essentially. Um, but then after everybody has left the stage, only the actor that plays Prospero is left and oftentimes delivers this with all the lights down behind him, just completely gone in the darkness or with a spot and just strips everything down to address the audience directly and essentially gives the speech that is his farewell to life because we know that as a character he's going to die kind of thing right 
Um, so if anybody didn't know, that's where this comes from. And I, I don't, I feel like I don't, I don't have to read the whole thing. Um, but if you haven't read it, it's, it's super cool. Um, and I think it just kind of hammers in that fact that he sees himself as this, as this figure that, you know, has been almost playing this role for so long. Um, but then kind of steps out of even the story itself to address all of us as players to say, um, you know, I bid the falling curtain pause, let encore be my final word, their epilogue to death preferred, which is very good. Very, yes. very good very and nice. very interesting because at the yes. end he subverts it and says almost like, I will not die. I would prefer an epilogue. So whether that just means that he left a little bit of himself in the stone for us or it means that he's going to play some future role, I don't know, but I loved it and I yelled a little bit. Yeah. And so either, right. either like I can, I almost read it two ways. Like either he's like, you think I'm gone, but I'm not. And that could even be in what we saw in the, the final warrior of yeah. like fight. Or that could be because uh, he, for a long time, had that sort of inner struggle with whether or not he thought the sundered people were worthy to continue the world. And it could be him being like, you know what, guys? It's, it's yours. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a, there's a part of the, the passage that says, you know, others wait to, to take the stage, basically. And mm -hmm. their worth is far from sure. You know, like he's he's saying kind of why he went alongside us. He was like, okay, let's listen to this. It's not going to change my mind, but let's mm -hmm. let's figure it out. At least that's that's what because people are like, why did he do that? You know, like what was his end goal? His end goal, he was still going to do it anyway, but he was like, hmm, are they good enough? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zen, you're right because he even does say like, though not by me, lest you miss. Right. Yeah. So like he he is acknowledging that like he will probably not be the one that brings the future about. And mm -hmm. yet, like it is it is just it's all very interesting. I mean, whatever legacy he wants to leave or what role he'll play, and or those of us who, you know, those words remember us, uh, it's something that we kind of assume like, oh, just carry our memory so that people know we lived at some point. But like there's a lot more that that can entail. And the the forming of a future world that's informed by, you know, the abilities of the ancients or things that happened there or struggles with Heidelin and Zodiac that can really only be understood by knowing and remembering what happened. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very, it's very cool. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I also really like the, just throughout the story, seeing him actually like talk directly about Azem because we get a little bit of that in the, the MSQ mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. We kind of know how he feels about that character that we used to be, that person we used to be, what we used to be to him. Here we get a little bit more of it and I just enjoy, like, we we were obviously on his nerves, but I think yeah. everybody got on his nerves. <laughs> yeah, it does seem that but, way, doesn't it? But in, in like a friendly way. So yeah. we know now that when he's like yelling at us, remember, he's 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 serious. He's like, I would love it if you would remember who you are and be that person again. Yeah, and for we serious. still don't know why. Why did it even happen in the first place? Why did their world get destroyed? Right? Yeah, if right? if we don't remember them, then we're just going to get destroyed too. You know, like yeah. maybe he doesn't want the even the sundered souls of the people that he remembers Those to be gone. Grapes, right? Man. Yeah, it's like just, so I'm many layers. Like this, this Ocean's Eleven scenario or something where like Asim pays off Hyphladeus with some grapes and like, yeah. like <laughs> some kind of weird turn and he like hands him like the, the vessel for the Ifrida or something. <laughs> and it's like this whole weird exchange with some yeah. like 
kind of slightly jazzy like music and i mean it was in amaranth it's gotta be jazzy right oh yeah it's gotta be nice nicely done (laughs) that's good i didn't even i didn't even think about that when i said it but (laughs) it was perfect well done oh man did we did it one more that one is just so good. One I know, Aldino is so good. <laughs> Honestly, no joke. Al, you know when I got to that because I know you also have had some Shakespeare in yeah. your, like, your experience. I got to that part while I was reading it. I was like, oh man, Aldino, oh. we're gonna have some thoughts on this. I, we're gonna have some thoughts. I just it 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 can't be said any better that it's you know, it's that last word to the audience, and it is literally the last word to us because we will never hear from him again. Probably. Maybe as at least is not like this a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, as far as we a little know, bit of a little bit in every single grape that we eat. Yeah, it's That's the weird. best way to to send off Emmett Salk, I think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, the Tempest and the yes, Aria being the Tempest just... and the, the whole thing that we've seen from the beginning. They're like, no, no, you were right. These are these are the same on purpose. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, uh, and it, it's, Prospero is also a very divisive figure in his yes. own way you know like he is not just a noble good <laughs> person i mean he has a great deal of power and there are a lot of gray areas particularly with the way that he treats caliban mm. who is like one of the native people that lives on the island um he he is a man that has it's actually really amazing because i didn't even think about a lot of these parallels mm. He looks down on Caliban, and yeah. there's actually some pretty terrible scenes where he's just being very racist. Like, yeah, I'll be like, like he's just being like, but in in a in an interesting way that is similar to, um, I mean, I think the way that Emmett Selk got a car going by. That's similar oh. in a way to how Emmett Selk uh, looks down upon the uh, Sundered, and like the way that he puts these lines between humanity or you know like what he perceives to be um you know the life that i think he is fighting for um that also creates some interesting parallels with prospero and prospero has to face a lot of that by the end of the whole play which is kind of you know his journey Mm -hmm. as he realizes that not everything is in his control and that there are others who will choose to do things that he you know has to accept and learn to accept with grace which is which is kind of interesting so awesome and, you know, like that one, after that one, I was like, I don't even care what the last one is. And then they uh, kind of surprised us. Oh, my goodness. So this next one is called <laughs> An Unpromised Tomorrow. Uh, so it starts off and you're like, I don't know what this is about, right? Because the picture's not first. So you look through it and it starts off with a little passage from someone, right? And they're talking about like history and conquerors and whatever. And he's like, no, I'm not one of those. I'm not like a superhero. I'm not a savior of the oppressed. I'm just an engineer who is the 18th president of the Garland Ironworks. And you're like, what are you talking? What? So this is from What do you mean you're not one of those? Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It's from the perspective of, I, I believe it's, it's Biggs' grandson, right? Yeah. It's Biggs. In the future, in the doomed future, uh, from his perspective, talking about the project to get the crystal tower to the first and it's so amazing um and you know in the end of this little beginning passage he says you know in the end no one will remember me anyway they'll remember sid and we'll just be footnotes uh but he's like yeah we're really we're only too happy to preserve that legacy so it it gives you this like everyone had that hero worship you know because i mean the times were so bleak 
Um, but as they go through, it says, you know, it's reminiscing about the past of the Ironworks, but it says that now, in their future, before they send the Crystal Tower away, they were hunkered down in the Keeper of the Lake, actually, like, in the structure, um, which is falling apart still, because, I mean, they don't get to rebuild it. Um, but this Ain't is... nobody got time for that. Yeah, trying to exactly. save the world. Exactly. Could you imagine what the world would be like? Like, I wish... They don't they don't go really too far deep into it, but oh my goodness. Like, I just want to see more about this. But anyway, as they're going through, this is set on the night before they transport it to the first. Um, and, you know, Biggs is like, well, I can't sleep, so I'll just, you know, sit out here, stare into the fire. And he says, you know, he's talking to another insomniac, which is Graha. Um, and he says, you know... Why did you do it? Why did you stay behind in the Crystal Tower? Which I, I want to know the answer to that, too. So as Graha is thinking, he's like, I would have slept for forever, right? That's, I mean, who cares? Like, that would have been the way that it was. Um, but it was only as I got trapped in here that I realized what it meant to awaken to my purpose. Um, and he talks about, like, Back in the days during our timeline, at least that we experienced with the Crystal Tower, he dreamed of being like Sid, Nero, Biggs, and Wedge. Thank you for listing Biggs and Wedge. Thank you. <laughs> and he says, and this is so cheeky, I would still give my right arm to achieve half of what they achieved. I didn't, I didn't even catch, catch that. that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. <laughs> it's like, hey, come on now. <laughs> Bro. Uh... <laughs> Bro. Uh... see. <laughs> uh-huh so he kind of yeah he kind of takes us through the crystal tower and tells us you know like they were going through it they found doga and une um you know they got through the tower um and he played a pivotal role and before him like as he saw the warrior of light it's it's he calls us the very embodiment of heroism right the light of so shining an example, how could I do anything but stay in the in the tower? Like, I, you see what they're doing? I can't not do this. I have to. And it's that, that inspiration, because, you know, he, he admires us, and we get it, and they hammer on it, but they never really give the start of it, right? Yeah. This is the gem. Yeah, this is spark. Yeah, like, seeing yeah. us take it on, which is just so amazing, right? <laughs> and Biggs is like, uh, yeah, it would be easy not. You could just, you could have just left, bruh. <laughs> like, you, didn't, you still didn't have to do it. And he's like, but weren't you scared? And this line, um, he, Graha says, of course I was scared, but courage is not the absence of fear, it's the triumph over it. Which is, you know, kind of a, a, a line that's used often, but I always love when they hit this, um, this kind of theme. Yeah, it, Everybody's afraid, man. It's what you do about it. Um, <laughs> so what do you think of it so far? Like, uh, there's so much in this first, like, it's not even halfway through, I don't believe. I wanted to ask you guys if you remember any specific place where this line is used elsewhere. Because I feel like those words have been used in specific other places. I'm not sure but in 14. I, can't think of one. I don't think so in 14. I, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be I, wrong. I bet it had been somewhere, but... I just know of the the trope of you know like courage. Yeah, is, like yeah, that that particular yeah. like maybe not that exact wording, but that's used a fair amount. And I was like, it's got to be used somewhere else in fourteen, right? right? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't remember it so. being used at another point. I mean, I'm sure there have been sentiments very similar to it, yeah. right? Because we get yeah. that a lot. Or or themes or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so as they're talking about this, you know, they're in like one little ramshackle area of the Keeper of the Lake that's falling apart. And, you know, they're staring up at the sky through the holes in the roof, um, which is just such a bleak future. Um, but, you know, Biggs kind of thinks about it, and he says, you know, Graha, Sid, my grandfather, all of these people who gave their all to see this plan happen, like, whatever, you know, like, whatever things that happened so far, it's like, we are finally about to do it. We're finally about to realize it. And Graha kind of interrupts him thinking about it, like, uh, and we, oh, wait, no, Biggs is the one who says, and we have to keep believing for a brighter future. And it's just this bro moment right before he sends him to probably his doom. Like, they're like, it probably will work. Pro probably. But we very likely will never know. Yeah, we'll never this. know. I love this too. I have to just interject for a second. Yeah, go ahead. It didn't, it didn't actually hit me until hearing you read it this time around that this is probably the last time Graha sees the night sky. Yes. For, for a long ass time. Yeah. A long time. Right. And the sentiments that are shared here with him, this idea, like, so long as we are together, whatever fosta against whatever twist fate, like it's gonna be good. And they're talking about it, and then we have to keep believing for a brighter yeah. future. That like, instilled in him hard. Oh yes, yes. It's all stuff that like we see him then speak himself and like mm -hmm. almost pass on. And it's so funny that this whole thing starts with like nobody will ever remember us. Yeah. And then Graha, like, has taken all of this with him after he's made it. And, you know, in this world that is so without hope, uh, hope yeah. much like his own, he is using the words that were shared with him. And that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just amazing to see him take that and give that to the first because they were, they were Major lost. Eft. Yeah, like, without mm. the Crystarium, I mean, you know, some, some civilizations are a little bit okay. But, like, without the Crystarium, that world is not the same. Like, that world is falling apart and would have completely, because, of course, Lightspawn would have taken it over. But it's just so cool to, yeah, see him be, even though he doesn't think he's one of the inspirations of the ages, like, he becomes it. It's Neither amazing. of them do, but they're both right. so important. I mean, and that's, that's what, you know, is always said. On, only people who don't have enough knowledge think of themselves as the hero in the story, right? The people who actually know and have done it are like, no, I'm just another person. It's, it's that humbleness, right? Mm -hmm. It's just so cool. Uh, and it just makes that moment where he joins the group just, oh my goodness. Why would they make it even worse? <laughs> but... You're holding my death. <laughs> at the end of this first half of it, um, I think it's more than half, but anyway, they talk about the next morning, and they kind of watch the tower vanish. It just flash of light and it vanished. And I thought the story would be from Graha's point of view. And it's not. It stays with Biggs in that future. So after it disappeared, uh, they just stood there. Everyone who helped do this just stand there. Uh, deafening silence, he said. Imagine like that state of mind. It's like... Whew. So are we just going to, like, poof out of existence now? Right. Or exactly. what, what comes next? Yeah. And, <laughs> what do and we they... do if we don't? Like, that's the big question. Yeah. Like, 
everything is so messed up. We had to send somebody back to change the past. But what if we just stay here in the present? Well, we, yeah. we saved other timeline. We're still effed. Yeah, Good job, and, everybody. And they start to think about it. Like he says, one of the people standing there is like, "Will we be disappearing too?" And Biggs is like, "I don't know." He's like, "I I don't understand the ramifications of altering." Not history. an expert on time travel. Sorry. Right. He he's like, um, it. You know, there they remain. And while that was something of a relief, they also start to suspect that maybe he didn't make it. Like maybe nothing happened. Like could. In that moment, the feelings that they must have felt, right? I, I love them talking about them. Yeah. Immediately he turns around. He's like, nah, not possible. Yeah. yeah. Not he possible. Just, he's like, no, we have to believe. Yep. Right? I, I uh, mathed correctly. The numbers were stopping. <laughs> my great, my uh, only grandfather, which is weird uh, since it's been like 200 years or something, but you know, lives, who knows? But, uh, Long live Rogodin? Question mark. Yeah, I guess so. I don't. I don't know. Um, but as they're standing there, just going like, "Oh God, what?" The ground starts to shake. And they're like, they, "Oh man, they're gonna nope." Yeah, everything's gonna be great. And oh, you know, they go, "Great, yeah, Good job, everybody." <laughs> they go over there and they look at the keeper of the lake, and it's falling apart <laughs> because Midgard Sormir breaks out of it, and it's like, "Wait, hold on, what?" Uh, like, and, did you guys just take my nightlight? <laughs> right, like, we're... I'm really afraid of the dark, like, bro. Bro. Um, <laughs> so, like, there's the deafening roar of Midgard, so Amir, everybody's just frozen. They're like, well, guess we die now. I, I don't know. Um, okay. I thought things were bad, <laughs> but now this, in like, ancient and unknowable dragon <laughs> yeah. had broken up, so great. This seems yeah. fine. The tower disappears. There's like that one asshole in the back. Well, I guess things can't get any worse. <laughs> right. Big 2020 mood right there. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, and Midgar Somir, in this low rumbling voice, says, This tower, or the tower, is this your doing, children of man? Uh, a thousand apologies, I croaked. We didn't mean to, to wake you. It's like, could you imagine that moment? Where what like, do you say to a dragon we, if you don't tried, know if he's we, mad or not? We tried to make the tower disappear quietly. Sorry, yeah. we woke you from your nap. It's like that old board game from the 90s, Don't Wake Daddy, but it's Midgar somewhere. <laughs> he just pops up. I have the jingle oh running in my God. head now from that. What the hell? I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> dragon God. daddy. <laughs> that, is, that can be taken. I, he is the father of a brood. Yeah, I mean, it's mm. literal. But yes. also children. I had completely forgotten that jingle, and now it is just ingrained in my soul again. I heard the time for Don't Wake Daddy. You did your job. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love, <laughs> I love that next Biggs is like, you know, he was a friend to Sid. Eh, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be fine, but I might also just be incinerated. <laughs> He's like, you know, maybe it's okay. We're, we're bros. My grandfather was a bro with him, maybe. Uh, and Midgar Homer says, Long have I waited. Watched as the world was shaped by your hand. Through war and calamity, I've seen you struggle. Devoting your fleeting lives to a dream you will never see. Right. And Biggs is like, oh boy. Yeah, he's, he's roasting us. He's like, you guys are dumb. Like, why did you, why did you even do that? 
And Megar Sormer interrupts him and he says, such consistency in creatures so inconstant, not inconsistent, but inconstant, is impressive. Right? It was that kind of redeeming moment that Midgar Sommer is like, you know what? That's pretty cool, guys. Y'all, y'all dragons, have that. Dragons in the past, I think, I'm not sure if it was Race Felgar or mm. um, Midgar Sommer himself, that were just like, you know what? Like, we liked people for a while, but when we were hanging out with them for those couple of centuries, we realized how much you guys suck because of yeah. how short your lives are. Yeah. How selfish you are because of that. And then he been watching people to see if anybody wasn't going to do that. And this group of people did exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Against completely hopeless odds. Yeah. I mean, against and they don't against even know if this is going to help them. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just know that some people somewhere need help. This might help us. This might not. We have to do this. Yeah. It could not, it could not every, even. Every so often, Midgar's eye just kind of opens up, just looks down. And someone's like, see, looking at us. He's like, just making sure you guys don't suck. <laughs> yeah. I'm just doing a real quick vibe check. Yeah. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, then Midgar Stormer, you know, kind of looks at the crowd and he catches view of an Omega replica, which I thought was hilarious. It's like, <laughs> well, we know, and this is what I'm really curious about. Yeah. Because we had another one of the other tales, right? Mm-hmm. That is about the omega replica yes. which is quite literally a little replica that yeah. you can get from doing the omega rates little doll but thing, yeah. through this story confirmed that it is omega mm-hmm. like yeah. omega has been contained in it and like omega for anybody who doesn't know if maybe if you haven't done those raids or things mm-hmm. being a uh, midgard stormer's ancient foe that actually chased them from their home planet to this one and then pursues them, and we confront and then defeat uh, Omega. But Omega, in the past story, has been existing alongside uh, Alpha and mm-hmm. has been wandering the world as this little children's toy, yep. learning what humanity is. And I was just like, oh my god. Right. And what better teacher than this group of people like who have shown, mm-hmm. like their, their passion, their love, their hope for a future who are, you know, technological geniuses in their own right and who we know have already had an influence on him, but we can only theorize at this point in the future have actually given him a Grinch-like heart. They've given him a heart, finally, like the Whovilles, the Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whovines. Yeah, it's Cindy Lou Who that's holding the Omega uh, replica. (laughs) It's a young girl. And and at that point, (laughs) Midgard Stormer's heart And I do said, have- no, you guys still suck. And then he did burn them all. Then burn them wow. together. No, that's not how it ends. I do <laughs> yeah. love that Midgard Summer looks at the little replica, though, and yeah. then goes, lol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he makes... <laughs> He's like, gathering my wits. I began to realize... Oh, wait, no, it's before that. It's the, uh... yeah, I knew nothing of dragons, but the sound he made was certain. I was almost certain it was a laugh. <laughs> and then he kind of remembers Graha's words, like, Courage is not the absence of fear, it's the triumph over it. And he says that's when he can finally return the gaze of Midgar Swimmer. Like, who could look a dragon in the eye? Really? Right? But remembering that moment, he's like, you know what? It's exciting. It's, it's not scary. It's exciting. Who knows what this means? Uh, and Midgar Swimmer says, tell me, child of man, what dost thou see at dream's end? And... The weaver? Oh, yes. <laughs> he says... Uh, well, it says 
he glimpsed a world toy line of omegas yeah exactly right <laughs> i want one now though kind of like a little wind up one I... anyway <laughs> so he he thinks about it and he he visions a world where the eighth umbral calamity had never come to pass you know we aorzia's champion are there unbroken you know the realm is unbroken we're we're doing everything but just as suddenly he realized that that was graha's future and not theirs he realized in that moment that yeah it's never maybe in some other time that we have no access to they're going to be great but now we really need to do something and he says i see a world pulled back from the brink this is where he gets that moment you know what i don't care i we, maybe we save them Hopefully we save them. But we got to do something here, too. Here and now. And Midgar Somir uh, just starts to laugh. And he says, Very well. Under my protection shalt thou and thine rebuild, gaining newfound knowledge and the wisdom to wield it. Thus shall the children of man usher in a new astral era. What? We even got a good end for the people who got the bad end? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That's... Like, as I was reading this, I was like, no way. No way. Migar Sormer has the power to do something about this. So, so with, with, with each expansion, right? We always have, like, the one town that rebuilds, right? Yeah. This, this expansion, we, we do Itchgard. We're actually, you know, putting our, you know, crafting and stuff. 6.0 uh, crafting, gathering, endgame. Uh, we're actually going to just rebuild the future wow. yeah. source. Go to an alternate reality. Just, you know, <laughs> chill for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. Midgar Stormer is as powerful as an Asian, right? If not more so. Well, I would say far more so. Yes. Okay. Because, so, yeah, I would hope so. so theoretically, uh, this is just one of his many bodies that he could have woken up in. He has uh, perhaps been hopping around looking at what Graha and ha is actually yeah. doing. He knows what's happened over there. Uh, and he's like, all right, you guys put the effort in. You won. Good job. I'm going to help you now. That's yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was something else I wanted to say about that. But basically, Midgar Stormer is probably hopping around, looking at all the worlds, going, okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. All right. So he's, he's aware of what's happening in all these places. Theoretically. Yeah, I would think so, too. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I just... I... Go, go ahead. Alina. No, no, no. Go. Oh, I was just going to say that I just wonder... Like I want to see more of this utopia. <laughs> this, this, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, it's so because uh, you know they don't have the crystal tower. They've got nothing. I'm sure things are broken down. Who knows how the the city states are? But this would be such a cool future. Mm. Like zombie just, dragon uh, king helps yeah. zombie world. Just well, imagine if people look, just. All, all I'm saying yeah. is if if we can pull pull our heads out of our. Uh, collaboration raid butts yeah and do an original raid series in 14 yeah. <gasps> that'd be mm -hmm. so cool that would actually be really oh, neat yeah if you like got to appear in their timeline and like help them with something and like oh. see a glimpse of that future that would get be a, I mean, get a small get a small instance keeper of the lake like base of operations and i mean we still have graha we still have graha yeah. We theoretically, perhaps oh my through him, God. or perhaps through the other crystal tower, still have the going, ability to going back. use a crystal. Yeah. Just someday that crystal that tower timeline. pops back in there and the people are like, yeah. what? Wait, hold on. 
<laughs> right. is like like poofs back up the next day. What are you? That's Graha's music. Oh no, it it totally worked. I mean, technically, that me died, but I'm here. Yeah, there's one of me. Yeah, I mean, it could be it could be a thing. I don't know if they ever will. This felt yeah, like it was kind I of a closure so. to that. Oh, I agree. I don't, I can't imagine they they, I mean, they yeah, need it'd to be, stuff up. It'd be wild. <laughs> but when you think about it, it's not just Midgard Stormer. Like if Omega is there mm-hmm. and Midgard Stormer is able to communicate with Omega and realize exactly what Omega is, yeah. like. And if Omega has changed, I mean, the power that those two entities could wield is mm-hmm. mind blowing. Right. Like, it's I, something yeah. where, like, and plus, like, the idea of that is really cool as well because we have seen the dragons be in conflict with so many different sources, right? Mm-hmm. They are so long lived. Their race is so unique and so powerful that there have been these, like, huge divisive issues not only with Omega, but also just with the inhabitants and the mortals of the realm. And this idea that like the darkest, darkest time somehow brings all of these entities together right. is mm, kiss the ends of my fingers. It's just like, <laughs> it's okay. so yeah, to a point, like, but at the same time, yeah, like, like if, yeah. if you're a big dragon and you have beef, like this big robot, and now he's like a happy meal toy, you're yeah. not gonna really be threatened by that anymore. You just eat them. Just and literally I mean, at the at the end, the the yeah. problem that Omega had with people was he was it was, was kind of like uh you know taken away because he was like, you know what? This way a light dude and or lady. This is pretty cool. Like I, I wanna learn about humanity. Maybe mm-hmm. you guys aren't so bad. Maybe dragons are okay. I'm so sorry, bro. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna hang out over here. Yeah. Let's forget like, about hey, all that terrible crap I did. Sorry. Yeah. Story comes down. Hey, just uh, making sure you guys don't suck. Omega's like, yeah. nah, dog, they good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been sorry about that giant hole. I've been I'm at putting this for room. a while. They 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 good. Yeah. <laughs> it's neat. I and like honestly. This paired with things like, I really want to go back and do the twinning now because mm-hmm. yeah. there are mm-hmm. little glimpses that we see in the twinning of like that alternate timeline that yeah. are still in there. And I, I almost feel like I'm sure we've seen, we saw some of the ironworks in those, in those glimpses, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like now when I see them and I've read this story, I'm like, buddies. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, so, so, it's so weird because I, I definitely agree we're like, going to the first and then therefore like that other bad reality like that's i feel like that's a, like one and done right like yeah. it's we did it we would go back but then we have this storyline and it's it's really weird why they decided to go back and revisit it yeah uh like i, I, I enjoyed this story. i thought it was really good but it's very interesting for you know something that we thought was done it definitely kind of like goes next page instead of closing a book and that i really do and yeah at the end he uh biggs even says right though we shall remain forever on different pages of history and different books besides i take final fantasy 16 yeah yes right (laughs) no i was literally about to (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i saw your thunder no no i'm just saying like put the tinfoil hat leaving yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is the ninth astral era (laughs) <laughs> and that's 16 i mean oh i don't goodness. think that it could ever happen of course but it's just yeah. like but it has that promise of that's an interesting world to play in mm-hmm. right as you you get the new warrior of light you try and put it all back together again that'd be a fun story oh man i yes 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 i totally agree <laughs> and it does have this possibility and i think even at its most simple form 
right? Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, like going back through these, I'm glad we've been able to talk about them because Elidibus, right? Yeah. Elidibus as the choice to end this expansion. Elidibus as the choice to be the thing that you confront in 5.3. Like there have been a million question marks about this because it, you know, it, it did feel like there were all these big holes big holes. I, I, they're not really that big. I'll be honest. Like, I think this story is, is communicated well. It's just that there were these question marks that still mm -hmm. existed. Like, why? Why? I'm afraid edges. But yeah. when we look yeah. at, you know, Era Curtain Falls and that line that says that what Elidibus was sacrificed to in Zodiac was hope. Mm -hmm. And when we look at the themes throughout this entire expansion being hope at its core, right? Hope amidst the darkness. This last story, like in its simplest form, is really like one of the big other things from the story of Shadowbringers that was very despairing, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. this terrible thing happened in this world and we don't know what happened to those other people. And we can only hope that the future got changed and there, you know, everything's good. But also they made a huge sacrifice for this. Um, and so to have this, like the final thing, the final moment of despair from Shadowbringers, I think, then be given hope. Yeah. It just, yeah. I just, I just love it. Like, I just, we need that hope right now. And it touches me so much to see that, like, a lot of times we think that sadness is the only thing that carries emotional weight in a story. That, like, if it's sad, it means more poetically or art. Yeah. If people die, it means more. But sometimes hope means everything. And those things that are so important, those, those, those things that give us the drive to continue on can be just as powerful. And like, I think that's why Shadowbringers has been so timely and so wonderful and so incredible. And even in these stories, they're doing that, which is real commitment right there. Right. But, well, like uh, in the, the first one, I think the, the one with Omega, the first story that talks about this particular setting, mm -hmm. they, uh, they talk about how everybody's at each other's throats and it's not until they start talking about the warrior of light and maybe being able to save that person yeah. that they have a goal. Like mm -hmm. they don't know if this is going to do anything, but once the, mm -hmm. the bunch of them have hope towards that mm -hmm. goal, then they're, they're able to reunite people who still have brains in their heads yeah. <laughs> and aren't just murdering each other blindly and, yep. and start to rebuild the world. And again, that's what Midgar Summer sees. He's, he knows that this this wasn't even for them. Yeah, it may or may not help them, but ultimately it was because they were like, that guy was a point of hope. That guy is bringing everybody back together. Let's see if we can do something for them. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know. It, this, I, I would say that my favorite is Era Curtain Falls, but this one is definitely second. I just, it's so good. Yeah. And it's Midgard Stormer. Like he just yeah. kind of disappeared after the Omega <laughs> exactly stuff. Right. And it's like, where the hell has he been? Like he's he was such a sleepy. He straight up was like, dudes, that was a very tough fight that just happened. I gotta take a nap. Right. And he I was slept it. for 200 years. <laughs> I, I would like to see more of Vidgard Stormer. I think he's yes. he's such a staple for, for 14 specifically, especially yeah. when you are starting to get into like anything even remotely like space travel mm -hmm. involved. Like well, I, the big thing that is still a big question for me always is the fact that ages ago, after Keeper of the Lake, the dungeon, Midgard Stormer was like, mm -mm, you don't need those crystals. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and took them and mm -hmm. said, like, you don't need this blessing anymore and took yeah. it. And because of that, 
that has always, and especially with Shadowbringers, been something that really sharply in my mind indicates that Midgard Summer knows what happened. Like yes. his oh, knowledge yeah. is oh, yeah. he knows, he knows what Heidelin is. He knows yeah. what all of this stuff is. So part of me feels like as we get closer to this conclusion with Heidelin Zodiac, although we have seen nothing that says, like, you know, in a trailer, like Midgard Summer rears his head or anything. Yeah, it would he should come back. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, it would make logical sense for me to see yeah. him come back, you know, and help us with solving whatever this is, you know? This is like futuristic backwards foreshadowing for yeah. something that may happen maybe, to us in our time. Maybe maybe Midgard Swarmer is how we go to the moon. Oh yeah. my god. Right on a dragon, why not? Oh my god. And then and he gives us an air bubble. Listen, we have <laughs> a whale that does that, okay? <laughs> but the oh, whale's not on the source. We could summon one. Yeah. We'll just have to get another. Well, just we just get just Ravana 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 to get another. Give Hathor uh, uh, some graves. Be like, hey, can you get us another construct? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, preferably the uh, the lunar whale. Uh, yes, and do don't let us describe whales? the lunar whale to you. Do not yeah. let us describe it. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. it's going to be a shark, and it will kill us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just stay tuned for Midgar Stormer in sixteen because you know he doesn't like the mother crystals, right? So he's he's the driving force behind sixteen. That's you it. Know, he Nailed finds it. the main character and he's like, "You're right. Kill those crystals. I'll help you." That's <laughs> it. Actually, Good. our main character is a uh, a humanoid embodiment of. Oh Midgard. yes. And. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a landscaper, and they called him the keeper of the rake. All right, I'll leave. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm leaving. No. <laughs> I'm all right. I... I'm okay with it. <laughs> are you sure you're okay though after what just okay. happened it could be, it could be way worse it could be worse it could be, yeah it could be way worse oh boy all right well i don't i mean look well, i guess it, i won't be I here next even say after that. all right so that's yeah. gonna do it for this episode of <laughs> okay radio charles is like and i'm fired okay <laughs> yep that's it <laughs> wow but yeah, that's the that's the end of this story and the end of the stories from Shadowbringers. Like, wow. Yeah, they were good. I loved this set of stories, honestly. Yeah. I think the last four felt a little bit more like definite, like straight up mm-hmm. focus connected. Um, the first four, oh, there's the one that has, I mean, it is Estinian. I mean, yes, we know that he's probably going to be playing a role in some stuff yeah. coming up. But like, a few of them felt a little bit more like funzy, whereas mm-hmm. these last four very much felt like this is important supplementary material for the expansion. Right. Bringers. Here's the stuff we couldn't get into the I game. Really, I really like the story with Thancret, though. I thought it, it yeah. gave a lot to uh, the MSQ and that whole situation with the Menphilia. And it's just true. him him as a character, like making the choice to not have a life, but to devote himself to basically protecting this person, first of all, whose life he screwed up, and second of all, who needs to basically be alive to make the world better. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't wasn't that long ago where he was naked and had a squirrel. Yep. Listen, Same you character. Can be, you can be a badass protector that is, and that, still That is character development it. right there. It is, though. <laughs> it really is, because I would have said back in 2.0, Thancred's just a himbo that wanders around, and that's cool, whatever. You know, like, I don't care about Thancred. It's not uh, an accurate... <laughs> Yeah. People, yeah, people always say that about Thancred, and yes, it is true, but I still like him. He, but he grew, too. Like, he changed, and he got, yeah. he he learned that, yeah, you know what? I am someone who has these skills that should use them for the good of everyone. Like, that is my role. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the yeah. I mean, you can be a himbo and still be likable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he had a journey to take. And it is funny because I think out of all of the characters, I feel like his journey was, well, maybe Oriange too. Mm. They felt a little bit ambiguous, right? right? Like, it felt like they weren't totally sure what to do. Like, you know, early on, it's like, I'm a playboy and a himbo, but also a rogue. And I'm yeah. charming. And I love Minfilia. And then it was like, I was teleported but naked. Yeah. <laughs> middle of nowhere and now i know how to survive in the wild yeah. <laughs> like, and then it was like i'm a gun breaker now and i like yeah it feels like he's kind Look, of all over i would place. watch that show i would watch like I would totally the, the, the bank grid swapped out with like bear Gris, like survival yeah. yeah. that would be amazing i need a and he has, he has just getting a rope to hang the squirrel from <laughs> it's all very good and it would be delightful mm-hmm. but it felt like they weren't always sure exactly what they wanted to do with his mm-hmm. character arc i mean plus the fact that i guess he was possessed by an assian for a while yeah. like there's so much well, stuff to tap into this boy I think part of that driving force too was just the, the trust system. The, mm-hmm. the trust system they're like okay we here have a trust system they need to have jobs we need to yeah kind of put them in a certain you know type now so yeah, yeah. but i mean like his relationship with reen and that like the way they decided eventually to develop that, you know, relationship with Minfilia, I think really did give him something solid. And then paired with things like a role that also kind of made him a protector. Like, I think we got to see him take on responsibility for something greater than just himself. Whereas before he was really very much kind of in it for himself and his own interests, even in regards to Brandon. It was that, yeah, it was that, it was that job change. He went from the rogue to the, the, the tank. Yeah, and he just got a lot more responsibility, and he started to have to act like a dad, you know, just the way it goes when you switch to tank, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you um, and your co-healer, co-dad yeah. fall in love with one another, and it's like mm-hmm. a whole thing. And <laughs> It's funny, because... Um, Raised two teenage girls for about three yeah. months, mm-hmm. abandoned them, <laughs> then just I was, went um, <laughs> I've been doing, like... Just, I've been leveling Red Mage very slowly by doing all of the hunts and all of the fates for research about the first. And I realized, I was like, oh, Meringue, why do I have a quest there? I had never done the end of the Eden quest, the one where they say goodbye. And I did that after 5.3 was over, and I was like, this is weird. I should not have done this then. I should have done this earlier. I actually did the same thing. I actually did the same thing. I was like, guys, is this a new quest? The one that gives you the eight music that I was doing? Yeah, I thought that too. No, well, I did that just, one a while ago, but you know, yeah. <laughs> missed it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to miss those things sometimes, yeah. though, honestly, which yeah. it does. It's a little rough then because yeah. you do feel like even more so in 5.3 then that that farewell is kind of ripped off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like it's like doing the uh, which was it the the culinarian's quest or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's like the, with with Nam- Nanamo as like a taste yeah. tester or something. Oh, uh, but if you do it like after the end of 2.x, you're like. Oh, she got she's better. Okay. She's okay. Remember, remember Star Wars? It's like, <laughs> also, it's like Padme's. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why yeah, would you have the... a Sultana be a taste tester? Doesn't she need a taste tester so that what right. happened to her doesn't happen to her? Right. Lots of questions off of that one. <laughs> I mean, you make some good points. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no, yes, the first one was good. Yeah, the first yeah. four were Thancred. Uh, you said his name, and it's gone from my brain. Estinian. Estinian. That's it. Um, what is uh, Emmett Selk, the one he had, and Omega. 
Domega. Which, yeah. you know, when you think about it, actually does have a nice evolution into into the like next tier of stories. I think probably the Estinian <laughs> one feels the most just kind of like lackadaisical fun times. Yeah. But I mean, I'll take it. And it is cute. And I will always listen to more cute dragons. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they've, they've been they've been treating the city in force for for a little mm-hmm. while. I mean, we got the we got the little role play uh, instance, yeah. but other than that, like uh, I was watching somebody stream End of Stormblood again, and it's like Estinian rescued you. Here's like one picture showing his yeah. feet Man. that proves it. It's like wow, thanks. I That's forgot, cool looking. I forgot to mention. Uh, right after, I think I read the Sito story. I I have a tertiary alt that I finally got up to Shadowbringers. It's like. Within hours, I actually got to the part where you go see mm. Sito the first time, and I was yeah. like, "My tears are back!" No, <laughs> I thought they were all gone. <laughs> There's more. It turns out I feel yeah. so dehydrated. How is there anything yeah. left? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm wondering if maybe some of this has to do with Estinian. I mean, if we're looking at all the stories as being something, it could have just been a lighthearted one that they threw in there. But like the fact mm-hmm. that he has yeah. been forming relationships with the dragons it's interesting yeah. and the fact that you know we even saw midgard stormer kind of peeking up in that last story mm-hmm. like there are some things there that i mean like we said i think there's possibilities that they could use to continue developing those stories and because we know istinian yeah. has been involved in the efforts against garlemald i mean i have no doubt we'll see I, him in a next yeah. expansion to, to end everything i mean because when istinian shows up he's always just like such a badass right yeah. he just like does his thing and then he leaves uh, so I think what we'll get for when we do Zodiac will be like, okay, he's on the moon. How are we going to get there? And Estinian just shows up surfing on Midgard somewhere. He's like, yo, I'll be right back. He just <laughs> yeah. to the moon, kills Zodiac, comes back. He's like, I'll see you again next expansion. <laughs> yeah, that seems, that's I think that's it. I think that's it. That's, I think you felt that's it. Totally, that's totally in line with his character, too. He would just be like, yeah, I'll be right back. Got it. I mean, I will never forgive anybody. I think the biggest what 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 are you doing moment that i've ever had in final fantasy 14 because normally the narratives are pretty tight the one that got me was that we're just gonna throw the eyes nidhogg's eyes into the yes. chasm. i was like are you idiots are you well no yeah we'll ever find you, them. i know I'll, that's how you usually deal with things you don't want witch drop but come on yeah but I mean, minus that, they're very good. And I mean, yeah. even that they used for a reason, but I still think that it was a little contrived. Like Prior that, that I was like, Asinia, why are you still covered in blood, brah? Yeah. Stop it. Also, he please wash up. He literally was a story element. It is to wash this armor. Yeah. <laughs> Just First, hose I have him to down. Take it off. Hose Taking the down. armor off takes like three hours. Somebody get that stinking guardian out of that armor. I have to wear special gloves when I clean it, so I don't cut myself on my own armor. Just roll around in the snow, like (laughs) it'll it'll do something. It'll be a little better. There's enough blood on you that not only are you covered, it's still red. It hasn't dried and turned brown. You are still wet with blood. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just envisioning somebody prying um, Estinian from the table salt, which he is <laughs> he is just consuming eagerly and being like, yep. take your armor off, so help me just do it and get clean. After, 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 the, after the fight, uh, Emrick's like, hey, Estinian, can you come over to my manor? I'd like to talk to you, catch up on things, get you know, debrief you. Uh, and it's just like bloody footprints is dripping all over. And Emrick's just like, Ugh. and like Emrick's like, like butler cleaner guys is like, I hate my job. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have him couple. like catch him, catch like, him with like a, a barrel of water. Yeah. And, the, and the cleaner's just like, "Oh no, don't have him sit." <laughs> yeah, don't uh, do that. You know, some things <laughs> happened with Estinian, but 
Uh, yes, I think he's definitely somebody we're going to see more of. I mean, they oh, never yes. let us forget him. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, Imagine inviting Istinian in to sit covered in blood. Not only does he get blood all over your couch, he like pokes giant ass holes through. Mm -hmm. I've I've always said that inviting a dragoon to a kid's birthday party would be the absolute worst thing Mm. that you could do. Uh, All the balloons balloons are gone and just pop every balloon he walks (laughs) by. I just ever since that one point oh AF came out. (laughs) I said I just want an odd couple spoof with Istinian and Amaric. You know, like yeah. that old, what is that? Or, 80s or sitcom? Sinian and Gaius. Yes. And yeah. Gaius. Or Perfect I mean, Strangers. That's what it was. Perfect Strangers. There you go. I mean, Odd Couple was a fair, a fair yeah. relation as well. Yeah, yeah, watch. yeah I do. Watch. I do. They're both so good. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm curious to to just ask this now, you know, bef- as we wrap things up, I guess, or, you know, head towards that a little bit so we mm-hmm. finish all the stories. Um, there are so many threads. I've been thinking a lot about this recently back on the source that I think we could still have as something that would be really epic as like Shadowbringers, you know, like comes, you know, we're coming off of Shadowbringers. How do we make it as cool as that? Um, But even just like wandering around the Shroud recently, the elementals, like there's all these interesting forces in the world that I do think we still have a lot of big moments we could get out of, you know, were they to do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm curious to ask, I mean, we know, like, Astinia, we know there's these different threads. Midgard Stormer we were talking about earlier. But, like, what are things back on the source that maybe you are hoping we get to see used in the next expansion or moving forward? A big sword to kill Xenos and just get rid of him forever. <laughs> oh, yes. I like that one. That one's good. I yeah. would like that before the expansion. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard because I want to see Garlemald, but we've also been getting little bits and pieces of Garlemald. And so it's it's really I don't know if we're actually going to end up going there. Uh, New World has been hinted at mm-hmm. with, you know, Blue Mage and stuff so like well, even before then, like we know, like the Mumble Jar from the New World. Uh, it's it's going to be one of the two. And then maybe depending on where we go, they'll throw in like Charlayan or Thavnir as like a little secondary thing. I... Floating city of Nim. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really mm, cool setting. Really awesome. I want to see Maricidia. Yeah, Maricidia. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. storied in the history that I want yep. to see it. And I want to see Dragons, who's left there. People. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's left there? Who's living there? I mean, what are they if, like? Look, if if we go the, the route of Estidian rides Midgard Swarmer to the mm-hmm. moon, that's a nice segue into Maricidia. It's true. Maricidia would be amazing. And yes, like I want it very much because the dragons are always a thing that I'm like, this is an endless wellspring of just coolness that we could use in any story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. the first brood in Maricidia, yeah, yeah. that would yeah. be something for me that I was like, holy cow, this is a huge moment. Like yeah. this feels super, super intense. Yeah. Like, you know, Midgard Stormare waking up in one future kind of awakens him everywhere. Maybe he's omnipresent. And that's why he starts to do things again. And we go to Maricidia or something. Who knows? Oh, awesome. What is the, the brood, dragon in, in... Brood, brood word? Brood word. Brood, wow, brood I always bringers. forget her name. Uh, the dragon brood. that's imprisoned? Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Tiamat. Tiamat. Tiamat, yeah. I, like, I don't want her to be sad forever. Right. We gotta go save her. Like, come on, man. We have the that technology. Is- that really is the most depressing. You're like, we can right. help you. And she's like, uh, well, I've been mourning my mate for a trillion years and we'll continue to do so. And I'm like, you don't have to, though, girl. You can have yeah. your own life. You can, <laughs> yeah. be, you can live again. You can help <laughs> everybody. 
if we ever I hear out... Nidhogg's reformed, wink. Or is that your son? In which case, never yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> this is hot new dragon. Hot new dragon on the block. Yeah. Let's check him out. Oh, man. Estinia needs someone, right? Whoa. He's kind of part dragon, probably by now. Whoa. LD, we already you know are, you are opening up a can of worms that I know. It that, should look, not I do not wholly, I'm not wholly yeah. opposed to, but I'm just saying yeah. it's going to get real spicy really fast. What yeah, you just precedent, true. the precedent yeah. is a dangerous, it's true, dangerous one right there. Anyway, I think, I'm sure there's, there's a billion other things. The roar, the roar at the end of ARR. Was it Bahamut? I don't think it was, right? Mm. Was that the world destroying Amarat thing? Like, what? That know. would be cool. Or if, if there's I even, we know that there are remnants. I think it of, was Bahamut, but I don't know. Yeah. We know that there are remnants of Amarat on the first. But, yeah. I mean, do we think there's any possibility that we see more of that ancient civilization somewhere on the source? That would be, that would be interesting. It's weird, right? Because we're done with the Unsundered, but also we still have Asian. But mm. they don't really care about much. So I, yeah. as much as I would love to see more, I feel like we're done. Right. Well, but I mean, no, we're not because Fan Daniel. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Fanny that's, yeah, but, but he's not going to be like, oh, hey, check out Amarat on the source. He's just yeah. like, I'm just going to well, be crazy. Well, we might just need to go not. there. Yeah, what I to mean figure is that we mm. might know. Because if we're talking about what do we do about Heidelin and Zodiac as the crux, right? Like, do we leave them existing as primals? D uh, can we dissipate their energy without... I mean, how do you even do that? They're so ancient. Like, yeah. what do we do with these entities? And, and what is their role in the world? Do they just continue to exist and somehow keep things in balance by their opposing forces? I mean, it's... It's very interesting there, and I, I'm curious about how they're going to deal with that. Because I hadn't I mean, even considered that, and now I want 6.0 to be like Atlantis, like risen up from yeah. the the depths, and I just want like full on Amarat like yeah. expansion. I mean, we need to. There's you, a lot of stuff we can we things? can discover. Yeah, they may or may not do that though, right? Because I mean, they already I think gave us more than I thought they would with this yeah. like you were ancient and here's the stuff. Like I never thought they mm -hmm. would really truly come out and say we were a Zem, mm -hmm. and I was hoping for it with all my heart, but I didn't think it was actually going to be a thing. So they could surprise us and do more of that, where we do have to look to the past to figure out all this. Yeah. But so many problems will be solved by yeah. grapes. Yep, absolutely. And you I know, don't like grapes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't like raisins. I know you don't. Well, don't well like you grapes. used to. You used I, to. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you like wine? I do like wine. That was I the next thing I was going to say. I do like yeah. wine. There you well, go. There you, you go. like grapes. That's why you were saving uh, the grapes back in, in those days. Yeah, because yeah. they were using them for time. The, the grapes, wink, wink, nudge. Little bit is like, so did you bring back the grapes? Oh. Sorry, I forgot. The bottle. The yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not underage, right? I know you're short, but we're a you know, That same bottle will need to be recovered in 10,000 years for a fetch quest. Oh yeah. <laughs> when That's does wine right. go bad? <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else that we want to add here? Yeah. For these short things? Yeah, pretty so. much, That's I think, sums everything yeah. up. Uh, mm. so there you go. Um, all right, that is going to do it 
for this episode of Eighth Right Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. If you want, you can catch us uh, on email here. You can email us, eighthrightradio at gamerscape.com. You tweet at us at Eighth Right Radio. Uh, if you want, you can hit us up on Discord, discord.gg slash gamerscape. Uh, there's an Eighth Right Radio channel on there if you want to talk to us about the show or any discussions we had on the show. Uh, also, uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook as Gamerscape. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.